All right, everyone. This is Chris Munn. I'm one of the hosts of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, me, Brian Biggie. And you are listening to Marvel's Damnation crossover event on Into the Night, the Nets' best Moon Knight podcast. Hey guys, it's Rod Reyes here, artist of Marvel's Donation Come Book event. Welcome to the podcast crossover between Inner Demons, Sons of the Dragon, Defenders TV Podcast, and Into the Night. Every issue reviewed, all time books discussed. May all be damaged. Loonies, yes, welcome back to this Damnation special. This is episode 32 of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Um, I am one of your hosts here, Ray. And I am your other host, Connor, here once again to deliver comic reviews, news and more all about our number one hero, all the things he appears in. And that's right, this week we are covering the second issue of the Marvel event, Doctor Strange Damnation, as part of the Damnation crossover between ourselves, uh, the Sons of the Dragon podcast, Inner Demons, and Defenders TV podcast. But Ray and I are not forging this path alone. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, voice you'll recognize if you've been here long enough. We are, of course, joined by the wonderful Tommy. Hi, so, everyone. Hey, how you going, Tommy? Sorry, yeah, I said yes. a bit of round of applause. Oh, Tommy, away. Don't yeah, worry about yeah, me. I guess, I guess, surprise. It's I'm not actually Jeff Lemire. That was a great honor that one time. But nope, <laughs> oh, we're going to be talking about your comics. Don't tell them that. It's just Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy. Yes, our our man on the streets. Tommy's been a very a very um, industrious. I guess loony. He's been helping us with a lot of a lot of research, and uh, and of course he did a a fantastic narration uh, a while ago now. Um, but uh, that yeah, that was that was before the new year, I think. So yeah, oh. and and you put that all together as well, Tommy, which was was pretty cool. Um, and you have uh, written a couple, I think, or well, one other one, I think, for us as well. So um, apart from that, a lot of uh, a lot of research as well. So um, uh, yeah, unpaid research. We're sorry about it. <laughs> yes, Tommy. we'll forward the check. Hey, we no, I I gotta money. say, guys, and I'll say this plenty of times, and I'm sure all the other loonies that are listening and. Uh, the future moon is that maybe this is their first episode that uh, we really appreciate what you two guys have done. I remember walking into um, into the night maybe a week after you released episode zero, and I ah. was like, "Wow, this is this is just what I was looking for." So it's been a lot of fun. So I appreciate it. Oh, that's all right. That's, thank, thank you so touch. much. Yeah, I mean, and and super. Reciprocally, <laughs> what does it reciprocate? Um, yeah, this this can't you know work without the um, the passionate and dedicated loonies as well. So it's really I, I'm I'm really loving the community that we're we're slowly building, and um, yeah, it, it's great to actually uh, open the door and and for any loonies that put their hand up, um, 
you know, Connor and I, we love to have you guys on. Uh, so we're, we're trying to make it a really a communal thing. Uh, and I think Moon Knight hasn't had anything like a podcast or, or a fan base that I've seen online um, for a, a long while. So uh, it's great to get kind of the ball rolling with that. Um, it's good to have you on, Tommy. Uh, so as we mentioned, you you are a, um, a loony. You're, you're quite... Um, uh, present in a lot of the in our Facebook group uh, and in a lot of discussions as well. Uh, I thought it would be a good opportunity as well to, since we do have uh, Looney, a second live guest now. Um, we had Chris Jones from Defenders TV podcast a couple of episodes ago. He's a Looney as well. Um, I thought it would be good to maybe ask a few questions um, at you, Tommy, to to you know kind of see what what makes uh, the great man Tommy tick. With, with all regards to Moon Knight and comics. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, how, how did you get into comics in, in general? Yeah, well, so I um, I was born in the early, late 80s. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was, I was born in 1987. And so right. I was just having a conversation with one of my colleagues who was born, I don't know, in 1982 or 1983, and we've been razzing each other about whether we're millennials or not. <laughs> I think the official definition is, unfortunately, I am a millennial, <laughs> um, even though I don't feel like it. And but but so I, I really kind of came of age in the '90s, and so because of that, I had the X Men cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's really that was probably outside of like the the Batman movie. What was it, 1989? Mm-hmm. Um, those were kind of my first exposure to the world of comics. And my older brother, he's about eight years older than me, um, he collected comics a bit, uh, mostly X-Men. He had some cable when that came out, and um, I was interested in it. But I never really collected comics as in, like, go down, be a Wednesday warrior, go down to the comic book store. Yeah. Because we, and the the town that I grew up in uh, was a suburb of Detroit, Michigan, and the closest comic book store was two and a half miles away. And, you know, as a kid, that was hard to get to. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't actually start collecting um, floppies, as you Aussies say, <laughs> with all due respect, um, until really I was in college. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, was, I, was, I, I fell in love with the X-Men, um, Wolverine, Logan was always my favorite character, um, big fan of Spider-Man, uh, and Batman, I think, has been and still is my favorite comic character. Because uh, he, outside of that X-Men cartoon, you know, think Batman animated series, yeah. that dominated my youth. Um, so I still collect, I, you know, in my adult years, Batman is one of the issues I still collect. Yeah, right. Um, and so uh, I guess when it comes to Moon Knight, so again, you know, I didn't really actually start collecting comics until I was in college. And so I graduated high school about uh, mid the mid-aughts and um, Moon Knight came around actually the summer after my first year of university mm-hmm. because um two of my uh, roommates we were spending some time together over the summer and i'm blanking on the game and i'm wondering if you guys can remember this it was one of those the first marvel multiplayer games um oh avengers alliance no is that uh, maybe where you get those three characters you got three like heroes it's, it's like there, there's a team of, you'd be a team of four so you could have uh-huh. up to four players and you each chose a hero, and it, you know that uh, what's the the, the free to play game that's out right now? You play it on PlayStation, Xbox. Um, oh, ult- is it Ultimate Alliance? U- ultimate, yeah, Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And I remember that, um, and so this is say like summer 2006, right? Yeah. Which is auspicious timing because that's basically when the Houston run started, right? Yeah. And, um, so the, the few of us were playing and we were up late at night and just having fun. And, uh, I was probably playing Wolverine or, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody you'd usually jump on. Um, and I remember my buddy, uh, Fitzy chose Moon Knight and he Man. had, and I know we've spoken about, uh, this a lot in the Facebook group, but he, Moon Knight had the best uh, like taglines and the, the audio bits. <laughs> right. And so, you know, in, in Ultimate Alliance, the first one, Moon, Moon Knight, I'm going to do my best impression here, but it sounded like this. It went, Moon Knight. And it was just, it was, it was so <laughs> creepy and weird. Yeah. And I had never heard of Moon Knight before, right? Yeah. You know, um, and lo and behold, you know, when I was digging through my brother's comics uh, that same year, I found a Mark Spector Moon Knight issue by Chuck Dixon. And... Um, so anyways, from that point forward, Moon Knight kind of became a joke with the the the, the three of us uh-huh. uh, in the sense that, you know, we would just kind of use that tagline. And yeah, you'd be quite quoting off him. I picked up a couple issues that year. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked up a couple issues that year that, from that Houston run that in that uh, the, the fall of 2006. Mm-hmm. And we all know, I mean, that is that is the, the top run for, for many of us mm-hmm. in, in the ITK community. And um, I didn't collect the full run and I, I, years later I had to kind of go back and make that up, Yeah. but that was really, you know, in my, in my young adulthood, that's really yeah. when I started kind of getting into comic collecting. Um, yeah, that... always a fan of, you know, Marvel and DC, the big names, never really image or valiant, but yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's good. It's really, um, really interesting to hear how you did come across Moon Knight because, you know, he is a, a, a minor character among the, the plethora of Marvel characters. Um, and it's interesting to hear that you, you kind of came across him first in the video games, which is, um, which he seems to be ever present. Like, uh, I think I'm playing Future Fight as well, which is on, on, um, it's on the tablet. It's like a, a game app as well. And, uh, Moon Knight's mm. pretty cool in that. Uh, he's been, he's been constantly in all, he's in Avengers Academy as well. He's in Contest of Champions. And for such a, like a minor character, he seems to always kind of, I don't know, he has that cool factor, I think. And he, he, he looks good, I think, in video games. And he always, is always present. Um, I find that really cool how you, you stumble across him in the video games, uh, as well. Did you think, being a Batman fan as well, were you ever kind of, put off by you know the potential parallels that you saw between moon knight and batman did you ever look at him and go oh hang on this guy's blatantly you know batman-esque yeah Mar- marvel's batman mm. whereas uh our our friend meme knight calls uh <laughs> you know dc dc's moon knight yes right? of course <laughs> batman's real name yeah i saw that today and i, was, I just laughed out loud <laughs> um i actually no i didn't because yeah. so again you know batman i think will always be my my favorite character yeah. just because I, you know, I grew up with the, of course, yeah. the, the Batman, Batman returns, those movies mm-hmm. and, and Batman and the animated series. I don't, outside of maybe Ren and Stimpy. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't <laughs> terrify me. Yeah. In fact, I, I, I met, Oh, I'm blanking on his name right now. I might have it here. Yeah. Actually, no, I have it right here. Um, Bob camp, who is the creator of uh, Ren and Stimpy. He came to my local comic con. Oh, cool. Um, a year and a half ago and I got to meet him. <laughs> And uh, I, came, I came in with a powdered Toastman hat that I got at Universal Studios or something <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. And he saw it and he 
let me cut the line. He flipped out and he oh, said, wow. hey, you with the powdered toastman hat, yeah. I'm going to sign that for free. So it was, <laughs> it was really cool. That's cool. Um, but anyway, so outside of, uh, say, Ren and Stimpy, you know, Batman the Animated Series was mm-hmm. always it, and all, probably always will be my favorite cartoon. It's, it's, it's from my youth. Yeah. Uh, my formative years. But so anyways, with, with Moon Knight, I, coming into the Houston run, mm-hmm. I, not a chance. I didn't see Moon Knight as Marvel's Batman. You know, it mm-hmm. was only in my, I guess my growing and burgeoning fandom. Yeah. Um, in the mid 2000s. And then, you know, now as an adult that getting on Reddit and reading the blog posts and, and seeing, um, the articles that pop up on CBR.com and, and then hearing that, oh, this is Marvel's Batman. Yeah. You know, as a, as a young adult, I, I, I didn't have any exposure to that. And I, be, again, because I started with Houston's run, mm. um, I didn't see that, you know, I, I think uh, Samuels, uh, Mark Spector's, or I guess Stephen Grant's, mm-hmm. um, is Butler. Butler makes a couple of appearances in the in the Houston run, but but even then, I mean, it's like okay, this guy's in a mansion and he has a butler and he wears a cape, but I maybe I was too stupid to make the connection, but I never associated Batman, yeah, um, with Moon Knight, and I, and so I think you know that's one of the reasons outside of the, again my exposure to this character came out of a really fun experience with some of my closest friends yeah. and I'll never forget that night, you know? Um, and that's of course where part of the love of the character comes from. It's as I got to read Houston's run and then, you know, we get into the Ellis run and the, the one shots in the yeah. 2010s and yeah. um, it's just an interesting character to me, which, you know, it just seemed like there was always something new mm. uh, with Moon Knight, even with the, the, the Bendis bits, which, I, I guess I don't hate as much as others, but yeah, that's um, they're quite uh, the, the, the talker uh, talking point, aren't they? The Bendis, Bendis issues, um, <laughs> right? But, but you know, it's just to me, Moon Knight is an interesting character, and I and that's for me why I go to comics is to is to read a story that's driven from character, not driven from plot, but it's it's driven from the choices that the characters make or the choices that the characters are forced to make, you know, by their own. Sorry for the cliched line here, but their own inner demons, you know. Mm. So um, that's really I, that's why I love that's why I love Mooney. He's, yeah. he's cool. Yeah, he's, he's weird. He's very he's very cool. And and similar, I mean, like what you what you mentioned as well actually harks back to what one of my work colleagues has mentioned. Um, it's that kind of camaraderie you have like with your mates um, and and forming those those fond memories. Like, so you say that you were playing uh, that game with your mates, and and uh, Moon Knight kind of arose from that. Uh, my work colleague, uh, he's not into comics at all. He's just, you know, he's just your regular work colleague. But he uh, he was telling me how he and his mates when he was younger would play the um, the Golden Eye, the James Bond. Uh, there was a game oh, on yeah. Xbox, yeah, Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, I think. So. Oh, Xbox Ray, come on. Oh, I don't know. How old are you? I come don't... on, <laughs> Nintendo sixty four, Golden Eye. Oh, okay. That's, that still stands as probably the greatest game of all time. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and my my mate Jake, <laughs> he just uh, was telling me, oh, he would go. He remembers 
um, going methodically to his mate's place and they'd play it all of the time, all the time. So he, he grew to have this affinity with, uh, with Goldeneye and then he went on to the movie, you know, and for some reason, you know, I, I think yeah. for all intents yeah. and purposes, it's not a, it's not a fantastic film, but it brings all those happy memories. So, um, so it's kind of one of his favorite films. Um, and, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's cool. You should, you should connect him with me. I could talk his ear off. I have the same connection with, with James Bond, Goldeneye, and not just the game, but just that movie too. Cause that, yeah. that was the first James Bond movie that I saw with my best friend. Well, it was the first Bond movie that I, I remember seeing, but yeah. I happened to see it with my best friend in the theater. So yeah, right. Well, well quick thoughts, Connor. What what do you think of Pierce Brosnan as um as James Bond? Uh look, he's not my favorite, but he was my first. So oh, really? there's a bit of love yeah. there. Yeah, once again, Goldeneye was for me as well. We um, yeah, that was the one that always I think the popular one that played on TV the most. Uh, wow. We had a few of the games as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so, and that, this would have been like two thousand and like six or seven. That's so funny because, like, you know, being <laughs> being a little older, I never knew Goldeneye was such a phenomenon. Like, you know, amongst oh, I'm from actually the uh, um from the Roger Moore days. <laughs> I'm a bit older, um, so yeah, I, I got introduced with James Bond through Roger Moore, and and don't forget that unofficial Sean Connery one that came out in the eighties. That that's your time too, right? Sean Connery, you know, you know that's. Yeah, so Sean Connery, they had Bond come back. So the the, uh, the Broccoli Production Company, right? Um, uh, they, I I can't remember how this played out, and and I'll I'll have to look into this later. And I'm sorry if this is wasting time for everybody, no, but no. I remember that after Roger Moore was done, yeah, somebody, and I don't know if it was the Broccoli Production Company, but they something happened where someone got the rights to produce a Bond flick. Um, but there was some hiccup where they, 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 they didn't keep it within the mythos or, or they, they right. couldn't use an actual, uh, story, um, by the original author. Yeah. And so, but they had Sean Connery come back. And so he was probably in his fifties really? at that point. Oh. And he's playing this playboy. And I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll find it while we're talking yeah. today and I'll probably blast it out in the middle of the script <laughs> I'm going to read in 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, that, that's from the eighties too. And that, oh. that was, that was, I think that was the last movie before the gap before Pierce Brosnan took over in 93 or 94 when Goldeneye came out. Oh, okay. There was, there was I want to say like a five or six year gap. Yeah. Uh, in between the eighties bonds and then, well, um, there was a Brosnan, so. there was Timothy Dalton as well. I think in between there somewhere, he yeah like okay, one yeah, or two, yeah. and then yeah, and then I think I think the whole franchise. Timothy Dalton's my favorite Bond. Is he? He's my boy. Uh, mm. I, I like him in Penny Dreadful. Actually, I don't know if you guys watched that. But... Oh no, actually. yeah, I did. I watched that. I finished that a couple of years ago. I really enjoyed that. And there's actually, I think there's a, a comic series out now. Yes. Um, by by Image or somebody that, uh, but of Penny Dreadful, and it looked pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it was a, it was a sh- such a shame that they kind of cut it short, but uh, at least they kind of tied up loose ends. But yeah, kind of definitely something worth worth checking out. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean that that's great, Tommy. I, I um I think you've pretty much. I was going to ask you about like the TV. Well, well, what are your thoughts about the um the the TV and movies coming out at the moment? Like, uh, obviously, you you might share the same sentiments about the uh, MCU and the DCEU. 
Um, but also, like, the, are you watching Jessica Jones? Are, are you into the Netflix shows or what? What's uh... yeah? So, oh man, you got it. <laughs> so I absolutely adore the MCU. Like Iron Fist. Okay, I'll call it garbage, but did I still love every minute of it? <laughs> yes, I did. I absolutely. Um, and with the Jessica Jones season two, you know, I mm-hmm. this this whole week has just been crazy busy. This this whole, March is usually a busy month for me. Yes. Um, and so I've watched maybe eleven minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's pretty that's pretty specific, but that's because I I know how much I've watched because how much I love. Uh, the, the Netflix MCU shows. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I've watched about 11 minutes of episode one of Jessica Jones season two this week, just on my lunch break on Friday, uh, yesterday for me. Yeah, and you're loving, um, you're loving it, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, it's, 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 they're, they're fantastic. And, you know, yeah. I, Daredevil, yep, he's up there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, those series were great. I really enjoyed Luke Cage. Oh, okay. um, that that show was able to really bring up a lot of really interesting discussion for my students, mm-hmm. uh, especially just considering uh, the the climate that our community was in yes. uh, when that uh, my my local uh, community of Grand Rapids, Michigan was in when uh-huh. when that uh, came out, and not to mention the music in that um, series was great. Yeah, um, but I yeah no, I absolutely adore it. I'd, I'd probably say that of like the the MCU, my favorite movie is probably Winter Soldier. Ah, um, good choice. Yes, you know, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Connor. Um, <laughs> I Captain America was never you know my favorite growing up because you know, again you know I was X Men and Batman. That's that's pretty mm. much what I was in my youth. Um, but. What a cool movie! It was and I'm so pretty well. sure is it is it is it Winter Soldier where we hear that clip where it, it's either Winter Soldier or Civil War. I think it's Winter Soldier where we hear that clip where um, a Hydra agent is taken down by Cap or somebody, yeah. and he says that we have somebody in Cairo. Oh, and yeah, that's... when I when I heard that, that's when I was I was thinking, all right. Moon Knight's coming, right? Yeah. Moon Knight's going to be in the next movie. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a hasn't lot happened yet. There's a lot of speculation as well. I think Rebecca once mentioned as well. Um, I think in Winter Soldier as well, there's a scene where there was speculation. There was a van or something in the distance, and they, everyone was speculating whether that was the Punisher's battle the van. Punisher, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there were like yeah. little little bits. Of, I it's, don't know. it's it's the. Yeah, it's the van that like takes out um, a semi or something like that, yeah. and you don't ever see it again. Mm. But it's just this nondescript, kind of dark, kind of looks like it's fully bulletproofed, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's yeah, no, that's what makes this fun, and I I, yeah. I love that because you know, again, coming into comics fairly late, you know, in my mm-hmm. life, you know, but you know, in my eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old, yeah. at least at least in a way where I was, you know conscious of what i'm buying not just yes. like here's a heathcliff comic yeah that i'm gonna pick up for summer camp or here's you know yeah 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 there's um um so but but it's been fun so yeah and and i think the tv shows and the movies um certainly do help in assisting i guess people who are interested in that sort of stuff to kind of lead them towards comics as well i mean there are always mm-hmm. a lot of um yeah i mean like similar to how you kind of met moon knight through the gaming um, world, uh, now we have these big budget movies that you know rake in. I think Black Panther has already surpassed the one billion dollar mark. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we've got these yeah. huge and tentpole. Good for it. Yeah, exactly. And and um, so so much exposure, and you find a lot of people uh, are introduced to comics through through the TVs and the and the movies. So 
That's really cool. Um, yeah, the Hulk, the Hulk show, right? The Hulk show. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, uh, the the Hulk show from the the early eighties. Yeah, right? Bill. That oh, that was new? one of my favorites. Bill. Yeah, Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Um, I used to watch yeah. that. Yeah, as a family, I remember like we'd all sit on the couch and we'd all watch it and. I'd be I'd be telling my mum and dad what was happening because you know as a little kid <laughs> you're kind of proud of understanding what's happening you know so um, I tell them and right. it was a lot of fun um, but yeah yeah Connor um, I know that you uh, might be a little behind on Jessica Jones yeah or uh, have you have you watched The Punisher yet Connor? No, I'm so oh. behind on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Look, you know comics. Um, I think the comic books have, have got to be read first. You know, if you were to put things in order. Um, but yeah, well, you've got a lot of good viewing ahead of you, Connor, as well. Yeah, that's for sure. And I just wanted to say before, uh, before Tommy, I think it's always so crazy being so much younger than everyone and hearing about people, you know, getting the comics, whether it's like the Mark Spector, but of course being around the time of the Houston run, I think that's such an mm. interesting era to be a part of as a Moon Knight fan. And that was the era that pulled me into reading Moon Knight all those years on, so that's mm. pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm guessing you own the full run now because you're a bit of a collector yourself. Yeah, and oh my gosh, boys. I I was <laughs> thinking maybe we should save this for another chat someday. I didn't want to because I know we're here <laughs> just for damnation no. and all the other the parts of the collective were like, who is this Tommy guy? I don't care about him. <laughs> um, nah. But I got my issue of Mark Spector Moon Knight 55. Um, oh, yeah. This week and uh, by, by, you know, with the, the art by Stephen Platt. Yep. And I've been watching sales and I've been watching eBay in the States and, um, and I got just an incredible deal for an incredible copy. And so I have a complete Mark Spector collection. I've got a complete Fist of Conchu. I've got a complete original run, uh, with Doug Mensch, which yeah. by the way, if there needs to be any clarification, it is Doug Mensch. Yes. Mensch. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was listening to, um, a Bill Sinkavich. Interview and it's Sinkovich. So, um, although it is, and I always thought it was, it, I always thought it was Sinkovich. Yeah, because of my surname. Um, but but yeah. So I've I've listened to a couple, and I think Ray and Connor, you posted. Uh, I forget the the other podcast. Yeah, uh, Marvel Epic. Um, but but that's right. Yeah, yeah, and and with a recent interview with him and and John Suntress's Word Balloon, which I mm-hmm. adore. I love Suntress, and um, but yeah, it's Sinkovich. Yeah, and so that's. Uh, but anyway, so I've got you know, the, um, and I, I've picked up some some really great uh, Marvel previews, and 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 I've just my my collections rounded out just about. I'm missing a couple of the appearances and yeah, um, spectacular Spider-Man and and others, but but it's just it it feels good because you know yeah. a, a collection's a good thing. Whatever you collect, right? Yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's a good thing for a person to do and, and and have, and it's been a lot of fun. And I gotta say, guys, and I'll say this a million times, um, I really appreciate what you two have done for fans like me because this has been a lot of fun to have somebody to to talk to oh, on the same level. You know, yeah. and it's it's just it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, no worries. Like, um, it's great to actually see that uh, you know fans such as yourself, and uh, we've got um, you know. Our good mate Adam, Adam Prine and uh, Josh uh, Johnson, Adam. A, lo- a lot of great loonies here, and like we're fiercely loyal to our to our loonies as well. And um, it's just great to see that 
all these collectors, um, you know, giving each other advice. Our Verbster, Paul Verbster from, from Melbourne in Australia, he's always got his finger on the pulse for, um, for good sales, for collections. And, uh, and Connor, I think he, uh, he, he led you towards a, a huge, um, uh, mm. pile of Moon Knight. He's the reason I now own the, uh, first 38 issues. Yeah. Well, the 38 issues of the first volume of Moon Knight. Yeah. So just so grateful that we have all these really dedicated loonies and it's such a great atmosphere to be amongst, you know, um, to, to every, for everyone to share their stuff. So yeah, yeah, Tommy, it's, um, totally share your sentiment, sentiments as well. Um, yeah, uh, look, I guess we, we better move on a bit. Um, that we, we do have a little bit of news and I think as we mentioned, uh, just off air, look, we do have a few articles here, but they, they can really be kind of, gone through at a at a brisk pace um connor shall um shall i uh throw it to you for the first one yes um we have the first bit as uh, affinity war approaches now coming out sometime in april at a date i don't remember because i am bad with most things and dates are one of them um but uh got up, right? is it april 27th yeah that will yes that that's it? it i will be a supernova for that weekend so hopefully i'll be able to catch it there oh lovely uh, yeah, um, it talks about a uh, leak from the Toys R Us website uh, talking about the fact that uh, Captain America's secret Avengers are confirmed in uh, Infinity War and when it comes to the character bios, which, uh, you know, gets us all a bit excited when uh, Moon Knight was a big part of uh, Captain America's late secret um, Avengers run back in the day. Yeah, look, I hope this isn't a spoiler for anyone um, who wants to kind of be, un, you know, unsullied um, for their viewing of Infinity War. Um, but I think it's, um, look, it, it's just a tag, I think, for some of the, you know, some of the, the players in Infinity War. Um, and it is exciting to see, yeah. So the the connection there with Moon Knight, I guess, is that in the comics, Moon Knight was part of the Secret Avengers, which um, I'd love to cover as well, kind of one, one day as well, because uh, it's gotten great. I've got my stack right next yeah. to it. <laughs> Uh, and it's a, apparently a really good run. I, I have to familiarise myself with it. But, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, that run, Tommy? Is that good? I, th- I think for, you know, the sake of news here, I really enjoyed it. I actually read um, the full run of Secret Avengers just within the last six months. Oh. Um, I picked up the trades, uh, again, finding just killer sales. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, I think I got probably average each of the three books uh, for about four bucks each. Wow. Which, that's incredible, you know? I mean, that's, that's, that's a 25% price of, of, of the original sale. And, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of really cool covers I've found, um, that are embedded within the trades, uh, with, uh, Moon Knight on them. I mean, the, the cover of the, the first trade mission to Mars has Moon Knight in the foreground, front and center. Again, this is his, I want to say his vengeance of the Moon Knight costume. Uh-huh. Um, but just really cool, kind of techy, uh, just, just, just a really, really cool series. And I, I, I can't take credit for this. I, w- I want to say it was Adam, but this was months ago. Um, but on the Facebook group, somebody noted that it was really in, in, uh, Ed Brubaker's secretive. I think it was Brubaker was still writing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Warren Ellis, maybe it was Warren Ellis actually, cause he took over in the, in the, for the third trade. So that, I, I don't know what issues that would have been, but that was the first appearance, we think, of at least the costume of Mr. Knight, which for Looney's is pretty significant, you know, because that costume not only 
suggests uh, a fighting style, but it also suggests uh, uh, an identity, right? Mm. Uh, for Mark, uh, whether and maybe as we've seen in the Bemis run, maybe Jake Lockley is Mister Knight, or you know there might be some mix in there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's again a conversation for later. But so I I really enjoyed it as a Moon Knight fan. I really enjoyed it as uh, somebody that was not so much a fan of Nova, because um, he plays a, a pretty significant role at least in the first run. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, I think absolutely that that would be something that I would absolutely push for uh, itk to take a look at either mm. in, in the trades or just as the entire run of i think there were there were at least 20 20 issues i want to say so but it was a lot of fun yeah so it, i liked it it's a, a massive run i guess so i would have to dedicate a lot of time as you say you probably have to look at it in trade i think um uh yeah because we are kind of going through I guess a classic and modern run. So we'll have to fit it in there somewhere, Connor. But um, yeah, there's plenty of goodness, <laughs> um, whether it's crossovers or, or Moon Knight's uh, current series or his classic or modern run. So mm, we'll, I th- yeah. Um, I was just going to, uh, yeah, one of the things with uh, Secret Avengers, I think it's kind of a sort of a, uh, just sort of like an untapped gem. I think all the people who have read it like adore that series. It's a fantastic action comic, but it's also one of the ones that isn't totally highlighted as we got an article coming up sort of, you know, saying so it's one of the ones that if you know about it, you probably love it, but there's a fair chance you probably never even knew it was a, a series that ran in the mm. yeah, 2000s it w- and something. Like, I don't even know the date. Um, yeah, it was quite, um, it kind of kind of slid in there. Do you, have you got the date there, Tommy, by any chance? Yes, it was... There's a copyright of 2010, but if I recall... I mean, this may have released late 2010, but okay. it's, it was run in 2011, I think. Yeah, right. Okay, I so said not... And I don't know if it extended into 2012. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a good... It's a great... Uh, but, but about that time, so... Yeah. And look, it would be great to see some iteration of the Secret Avengers in Infinity War anyway as well. It's kind of... Kind of reminds me a little bit of um, of X Force, you know, a bit of a black ops unit. I don't know. So yeah, um, the the thing though with and uh, with with Secret Avengers though is that if I recall, Steve Rogers was like became disillusioned with Shield, or was it wasn't the same thing as he was like hiding from Shield, kind of like at the end of uh, MCU's Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he had determined that the world needed something beyond shield and then shield plays a role because then there's, there's a whole business with, um, uh, where, where the secret Avengers actually take on shield, uh, in the second or the third trade paperback. So, but it's, it's interesting to think that, Hey, maybe something will spawn out of infinity war, uh, this may where, Hey, we know that we have the second movie coming, but maybe there's going to be an alternate timeline or maybe there's going to be, um, I guess anything's up for grabs because Thanos potentially has the infinity gauntlet and all the infinity stones. So, um, but, but the idea that, Hey, maybe in, in this next phase of of Marvel, uh, that Steve Rogers, Captain America is still going to be a character you know, the mantle isn't going to be, the shield's not going to be given to Bucky. Maybe it's not going to be given to, to Falcon and and maybe uh, Steve Rogers is 
maybe not going to be Captain America, but maybe he's going to lead these secret Avengers. And then, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll see Mooney come up in <laughs> MCU, which would be great, oh. which is what we're all about. Yeah. Oh, gosh, the, the... Except today, Damnation, right? Oh, Damnation. yes. Of course. <laughs> Damnation. We'll get to that. <laughs> we're getting there. We're uh, we're on our slow crawl loonies. Don't worry. We are getting there. Um, but yeah, it's endless, isn't it, Tommy? My God. Um I haven't even actually projected that far. Like, I'm just really hankering for Infinity War and the fact that there's going to be a fourth Avengers film. I haven't even considered that. Um, when you were when you were talking about Steve Rogers and his role in the Secret Avengers and and what it might be after Infinity War, I'm thinking of those comments made by Benedict Cumberbatch as well about apparently he's hinted that um, there might be a multiverse. Um, uh, you know, being revealed uh, in the MCU as well. So does that factor into Avengers 4? You know, it's, um, and, and then, of course, we've got the Fantastic Four and the X-Men have come home, so to speak. Uh, and so that's, I think, for me, is going to be the next big thing um, after Infinity War, just an- anticipating the X-Men and the Fantastic Four somehow mixing it with these guys. But it's just, oh, the possibilities are totally endless. It's It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we've got also next article I have here. It's a um, ECCC 2018. Uh, there was a panel from from Marvel. Uh, this was a small one, um, and if you guys can help us out here, because I can't remember the full details. Just looking at the article here, they make mention there was a panel, you know, with the likes of Charles Soule, um, Ed Brisson, but it, and Chris Anker, but it also has mention of Jason Burrows and our Max Bemis from the Moon Knight Corner, and uh, it talks of Burrows, um, you know, speaking about his work on Moon Knight, and also Bemis saying that the book has been quote fun to cut loose with, and Burrows mentioned it's really fun to draw people punching each other. Now I remember also, um, I don't know if you guys followed this panel when it when it was released with a you know the live feed, uh, I think. Burroughs also mentioned something else about Moon Knight. Um, do you recall that by any chance, Connor or, or Tommy? I, I, I might be I might be incorrect, but so E C C C. If there's three C's, that's Emerald City. Yeah, yep. Emerald City Comic Con. And so mm-hmm. for non-Americans or, or people abroad, I guess from my perspective, that's uh, it's Baltimore, Maryland, mm-hmm. which is just around uh, Washington D.C. and um, uh, I want to say that Jason Burroughs was there, but it, he was maybe just talking about the art of uh, what he's working on right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that it, I, I, I don't think Warren Ellis was there, but it was something that was just commenting on um, the, the previous work that they had done, whether right. it was a writer or an artist. And I might be incorrect, and, and I know that we can look into that, yeah. but... Um, I don't remember any big news of, okay. hey, we're going to do this with Moon Knight. It's just, this is where I've been. This is what I've done. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So I think it was passing comment, yeah. And the article says on the panel they had Donny Cates, Donny Cates sorry, who's the, the writer of uh, Damnation, uh, Charles Soule, Chris Anker, Ed Brisson, Matthew Rosenberg, who's another big hitter, I think, a really good writer, uh, Jason Burroughs, and then you have the X-Men books editor, Darren Shan, and uh, Marvel's talent relations, Ricky Purden as the moderator. So those were the guys on the panel. So apologies for that. Bemis wasn't on there. But, um, yeah, so there were just a few passing comments, I guess, on on Moon Knight. But uh, as you say, Tommy, rightly, it's probably it was probably more on their past works and, and just art in general. 
Um, yeah, I think... Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Off there, right? No, no, no. Sorry, Connor. Uh, yeah, so um, this new Marvel rebranding, probably coming from C.B. Sobolski, sort of kicking out Axel Alonso's previous uh, tenure mm-hmm. at the company to the curb and starting his own afresh. Um, I think the big thing is all the new titles. Uh, Moon Knight isn't one of them. It's great that it's untouched, but obviously it wasn't so much featured in the panel because there's not much changing in the way, wasn't so much focused on. But we still get confirmation from the talk that there's no imminent cancellation about the run and that we're still chugging on forth for the next coming months as we hit this uh, new rebranding so that's you know they didn't get the biggest appearance but it's just nice to feel comfortable in the fact that that run is still here and still being shown off by Marvel even even in the face of a giant rebranding yeah right right yeah so um yeah a little, a little bit on that one um uh Connor have you got the next one there Maybe jump into, uh, we've got point four here for the news. That's kind of related to conventions as well. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, uh, the Denver Independent Comics and Art Expo um, we're talking about here, held on April 14th and 15th, mm-hmm. uh, under the title uh, from uh, comicbook.com, how Dink offers a different style of comic convention, uh, talking about its... Um, sort of how it's running, but also some of its guests are uh, just off the cuff reading through. We can see that one of our mm-hmm. big ones here is that Jeff Lemire will be there. Um, you know, even this Seven. article advertises his Moon Knight, so it seems he will be there at the convention. Happy to talk about that as well, as many, as many other things. That's great news. And and Matt Kint as well, who's... Um, yes. For any Valiant Fantastic. fans, I guess. Um, Tommy, have you come across a lot of Matt Kint's work? I haven't. I couldn't say that I'm I'm very familiar with. Oh, him. he's very good. Uh, if uh, I'm sure I share Connor's sentiment as well. Uh, he's a very good writer. Um, he's just blown me away with a lot of his Valiant stuff, um, and uh, he, he releases a few, you know, Department H um, as well as oh God, I'm sure, um, Ether as well. Really good Dark Horse um, book as well. Uh, but yeah, it's great to have Jeff Lemire at this. Uh, Comics convention, Dink. Have you heard of Dink as well, Tommy? Is it close to you? Or no? So Denver, Colorado is uh, you know by plane, maybe about two hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know it's not that far, and you know sure. actually, I think a lot of people in West Michigan, if they have the means, travel to Colorado for skiing and things like that. But but I've actually I haven't heard of Dink. You know mm. when I saw that. Uh, the first thing I thought of was Spaceballs by Mel Brooks. <laughs> um, you know, if you remember the 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 characters in Spaceballs that yeah. are supposed to be Jawas, but they go dink dink dink. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, but it sounds cool, you know. And and any news on Jeff Lemire? Yeah, big fan, and as as many of us are. He I've got um, Gideon Falls sitting on my desk waiting to be read. So yeah, yeah. And uh, he's so prolific, isn't he? And and Tommy, look, I'll throw it to you. Uh, why don't you um, introduce point five of our news as well? Good segue. All right, give me a second. My Google Docs is loading up. Is this the Century News? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So I can give you the gist. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we spoke before about how the headlines kind of reveal everything. Yes. But <laughs> with uh, Marvel's new fresh start, um, Marvel's releasing a new Sentry series, mm. which last time I remember seeing Sentry was Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff Lemire is going to be writing it. And 
Uh, it sounds actually really interesting where there's going to be some um, great characterization between Sentry and his counterpart uh, or nemesis, the Void. The Void, yeah. Uh, and, and with Lemire behind it, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, th- this really threw me. I didn't, I didn't think at all that Lemire would be returning to Marvel. Um, so... Uh, C.B. Sobolski must have really pulled some strings to get him back or enticed him back because uh, we've read other previous articles with Lemire and and it's not that he left Marvel uh, on the worst terms, but uh, he did make mention and make it publicly known that he was constricted quite a bit with particularly his run with Extraordinary X-Men and how we found it quite constricting as a, as a writer and what Marvel would let him do. I mean, albeit they let him run free with Moon Knight, but uh, it seemed that he, like his contract, um, he, he kind of left Marvel abruptly as well. Um, so, yeah, I was quite surprised to see him back. Um, Connor, no doubt you're, you're quite uh, quite happy to see him back. Connor? Oh, always, oh, yeah. Jeff Lemire, big, big fan as always, and obviously this is uh, positive news, you know, if you leave a company on bad terms, the only way you're coming back in is with uh, good offers and with comics, uh, was it Creative Freedom, so mm-hmm. I'm very excited, uh, he talks about uh, some parallels between Moon Knight and just sort of how how deep he went into the psyche of Moon Knight, I imagine this one's going to be um, a similar deconstruction for um, the century, plus it's great talk about alternate realities, which always get me in. So yeah, you know, I uh, definitely share your your thoughts as well, there, Connor, as well. I think with the fact that Lemire is back is, I get the sense that uh, Marvel will give him a bit more of a free reign as well, similar to Moon Knight, as he's and and it's kind of confirmed with what he's saying in the article. So um, yeah, looking forward to this. I'll be picking this one up as well. Uh, artist Kim Jacinto as well, currently at. Um, Avengers No Surrender, which has been a really good, um, I found a real a real find with art. Um, Tommy, are you collecting Avengers No Surrender? You know, guys, I hate to say it. I decided I wasn't going to do that oh, because spending that, that, yeah. 75 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, totally understandable. And it, but, it's out weekly as well. But but I'd, I'd stop by a used bookstore in town that also deals comics, and I'd picked up a couple of the issues and, ah. and we'll see so i've got I'm, i've got holes i've got maybe the first and the second and then maybe the fourth and the fifth yeah yeah um but you know hearing you guys talk about it and then and then hearing some other reviews it, it sounded interesting and yeah. in the least i know that you know once i read them if i don't want to keep them forever i can offload them yeah so. and, and what are your thoughts on the art kim jacinto uh, well, again, all I've done is looked at the covers. Oh, just the covers. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so oh, backed okay. Up. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm so backed up. I'll, I, I will say though that the um, the one. Oh, I'm trying to find it here in the stack. But the uh, oh, I want to say it was the third issue with um. Oh, who's on the cover of that? Third issue. But there's a character that's just popping off the page, and it's just a really, really cool image. Oh, I love all. Um, the, I love all the covers. Actually, they're, they're so well done. Um, I can't remember who's on the third one though. Uh, let me just pull it up. But um, yeah, it, it's it's worth a it's worth a read. It's a bit of you know just kind of popcorn fun. You know, if I can say that, and discern comic books between popcorn fun and, and serious deep kind of uh, writing uh, it is just a bit of actiony fun mm. um yeah yeah so uh, okay um 
let me just try to pull this up, but it's uh, we'll get there. Uh, while we're looking at that, I wanted to also um, go into now. This is this is spoiler territory, and needless to say, with Damnation Two, which we're going to be reviewing, uh, there will be spoilers involved. So if you haven't read it, please um, yeah, please go read it before delving any further. Uh, but this article came up as well, which had a bit of a connection to, to Moon Knight, and it was a bit of a spoiler for Damnation 2, and it's um, how the Avengers team turned into a team of um, Ghost Riders. So uh, this is from ScreenRant.com, and basically it discusses... It's a little bit of a review on, on issue 2, so we won't dwell on it too much, but at... Uh, what we do find in this issue and previously as well is that a lot of the Avengers by Mephisto has have been turned into into like Ghost Rider kind of creatures. Um, this will kind of get, I guess, the guys over at Inner Demon salivating. I think we'll, we'll get a whole lot more Ghost Rider action and, and the fact that Ghost Rider is one of the pivotal uh, Characters, I think, in Damnation. It was mentioned in Damnation One when they introduce it. Same. Um, so, and we'll get into the issue issue two as well. But um, uh, he's kind of one of the reluctant heroes that Wong is trying to recruit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this was a an interesting article. You can give it a read if you want. It's some nice artwork there as well. Uh, of again, spoilery, uh, but it's of Doctor Strange, and he is a Ghost Rider as well <laughs> um finally i guess uh we have this is another little bit of news from again moon knight alumni and again it is our favorite artist greg smallwood and it's got a bit we have a bit of an article here on the release of one of his um one of his comic books coming out with is it his sister do we know um it is his sister, Meg. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, Vampironica, number one. This should be pretty fun. Uh, are any of you guys planning on getting it? Uh, I have actually already uh, sneakily read the Ooh, first issue. Awesome. And I can say it is bloody gorgeous. Smallwood. No pun. knocking it out of the park <laughs> with a vampire story. Yep. Awesome. And what, what's cool about this, too, is that it's, you know, Greg is drawing it all and the art is incredible i mean the cover is just cool it's it's like a mix between a batman cover mixed with uh uh like a a blade cover to me just because <laughs> of vampironica but then also just obviously the archie uh series that we've got going on here yeah um and the, and the art is just incredible. I mean, Greg Smallwood is just—he's just an interesting artist to me. I don't—I don't have the the vocabulary to describe it, but the way that he draws human characters is just really, really interesting to me. And it's cool that he brought his sister in. You yeah. know, and, and you know, here we have uh, perhaps—and I'm, I'm not familiar with with Meg Smallwood. Maybe she's written quite a bit, but mm -hmm. here we have another perhaps great opportunity for an author to to make it in the comics biz and so i'm probably not going to pick this up just mm -hmm. because you know it's money funds but yeah it looks cool it looks cool it looks really cool and and uh without spoiling anything connor um would you have to know much of the archie world to to pick up vampironica or is does it a good is it a good standalone thing or 
what? Yeah, good standalone. I mean, okay. you know, bunch of teens. You pick up on their character traits pretty easily. Yeah. If you've read a Archie comic, like you know, that's the thing about the Archie characters. You read an Archie comic, you get the characters straight away. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there'll be plenty of nods, and I'm sure there's plenty of nods I missed. I missed as a Archie novice. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a it's a nice fun um vampire story with you know using the Archie archetypes, which is fun. Awesome, it's good, awesome stuff. And I totally share your sentiments as well, uh, Tommy. It is hard to describe. I think how much in awe I am with Greg Smallwood's art. There's something about it that is, um, it's quite. It's so I don't know. It's just so meticulous, um, and it's such a specific style. Um, and it's very neat. I know anyone who really likes neat art. It's very clean. Um, and it's, yeah, I just find, find it fantastic. And I was just looking at the cover there to Vampironica. And, it yeah, I think I'll try to pick this up. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a digital because it's slightly cheaper. Um, but, you know, again, have to see how the funds go because there are a lot of great titles coming out. And uh, and I still want to continue my Mooney, Mooney collection hunt. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Uh, all right, so I think that's about the news um, for this week. So there were a, there was a bit of a smattering there, uh, mentions of Moon Knight here and there, uh, plus uh, some big news there from Greg Smallwood and Jeff Lemire, um, uh, Looney's favourite writers and, and artists. Uh, I think it's time now, guys, that we should go over the moon. <sighs> Yes, so we are over the moon here, and as uh, as Connor, as you mentioned uh, at the very start, this is a Damnation events special issue. Um, so we are doing part three of a podcast crossover with the likes of Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist, Defenders TV podcast, and of course Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. Um, so we'll put in the show notes... Uh, the the links to parts one and two, uh, which were done by Sons of the Dragon and Defenders TV podcast, respectively. Uh, we've got issue two t- to look through, and uh, this was a it's a cracking read. Um, but before we get into that, we have a um, I'll I'll ask kindly for Tommy to give us a, a live narration of uh, I guess a synopsis to Damnation issue two. So can I uh, please take it away, Tommy? Sure thing. Here we go. So this is Doctor Strange Damnation, Issue 2, written by Donny Cates and Nick Spencer, art by Simon Kadransky, lettered by VCs Travis Lanham, and edited by Nick Lowe and Kathleen Wisniewski. Thrown into the middle of things, Stephen Strange opens the exposition with excuses. Following Hydra's destruction of Las Vegas, Strange explains that his plan to resurrect Sin City came only from the best intentions. But Strange's meddling opened up a pathway for Mephisto and his realm. Surging out of the desert sand, a towering spiral of hellfire and obsidian looms over the city. We learn that Mephisto tempted denizens into sin and quickly claimed their souls, trapping them within his hotel of horror. 
In an attempt to recover from his error and save those taken by the demon, Dr. Strange agreed to play Mephisto's game. Strange, in his arrogance, allowed his hubris to get the best of him, and he tried to cheat the devil himself at the crossroads, a game that can never be won. As punishment, Mephisto loosed his new Ghost Riders on Strange, conscripting Thor, Captain Marvel, Hawkeye, Falcon, and Black Panther as spirits of vengeance, Mephisto commands Thor to break Strange's legs. Strange admits this is all his fault, but he needs help. We cut to an English pub. Strange's former assistant and guide, Wong, is seated at the bar with a proper pint, waiting. Bats, the ghost of Strange's dog resurrected by Loki, questions Wong's plan. Wong, in his patience, is waiting for someone. A body crashes across the pub floor. Blade enters in a fury, slicing and dicing vampiric hooligans while Wong and Bat sit pretty at the bar. Wong's getting a crew together. Next, to Mount Wondagore, Transia. Wong and Bat stand before a beastly monster. Again, calm, cool, collected. Bat mentions demons. And Elsa Bloodstone sends a shotgun blast through the beast's chest. She's in. New York City. A dojo. Iron Fist needs no convincing. A rooftop. Moon Knight is too busy for Wong. But Mr. Knight? No problem. He's ready for it. Then, Florida. The Swamp. Brother Voodoo and Man-Thing. Only one remains. The leader of the pack. The rider. Wong finds Johnny Blaze gassing up his bike and buying booze. It only takes the name Mephisto to secure the package. No one knows Mephisto better than Johnny. We cut back to New York. The Midnight Suns sit around a briefing table in the shell of the Sanctum Sanctorum. A spidey chew toy is bleeding cotton stuffing under Bat's paw. He's sassy. Wong explains the basics. With the five heroes already taken by Mephisto... Wong's new team is all that can stand in the demon's way. Rescuing the new Ghost Riders is the first objective. Discussion erupts. Elsa Bloodstone wonders what a bunch of monsters, a psychopath, a kung fu, a, a gym, and a useless vampire slayer are going to do to Mephisto. But Blade calls the shots fired. He argues with Bloodstone, and Iron Fist jumps into the fray when Wong shuts it down. Moon Knight quietly asks Voodoo who the psychopath is. Again, Wong details the basics. The fact is, this motley crew of heroes are the only hope Wong has of fighting Mephisto without joining his forces. None of these heroes are without sin. And Wong knows he can take down every one of the Midnight Suns if it comes to it. This is a rescue mission. But it's also a full-on assault against Mephisto. They leave in 30. The team hits the strip and are immediately surrounded by demonic goons. Blade is taken out and slammed into the Vegas rubble. Mjolnir is trapping him within an Asgardian enchantment tinged with hellfire. The new riders approach. A storm of fiery arrows ranges overhead. Our heroes are pierced and surrounded. But there's hope yet. Out of the chaos, a cement truck soars through the air following a similar trajectory and knocks the riders off their footing. No one knows where it came from. Then, 
atop a heap of burning rubble, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, looms like an ancient hero with twin AK-47s and a hunting knife strapped to his leg. The Midnight Suns are expressionless. They couldn't care less, it seems. Down the strip, Wong is taking on an ensemble of demons by himself when, in a floating blaze, Stephen Strange appears before him, his head engulfed in flames. Mephisto's newest enforcer. Um, a really, a really action-packed issue here. Really cool. Um, I'll have to throw it again to you, Connor, first. First impressions, what did you think of this issue? Yes. Um, sorry, I had to deal with a cat. Uh, I just want to say <laughs> thanks, Tommy, for uh, delivering the voice of God in uh, audio book yes. form. Uh, incredible narration, as always. And Damnation number two. I um, think this was an... Incredible book of banter and comedy, but moving a bit slower than I expected, I think is my, mm -hmm. uh, probably one of my biggest draws from this. I, um, really enjoying it, uh, really enjoying the tie-ins, just wondering, possibly a bit worried now halfway through mm -hmm. whether this four-issue mini will round out, or I think also coming to the realisation that the, uh, tie-ins are probably very important with getting a full story here, so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a bit of a bit of up and downs on this one, I think, but quality, definitely high, which we'll unpack as we get into it before we come to some sort of score at the mm -hmm. end. And uh, and Tommy, what were your overall impressions? Look, I have to say, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Ray, you and I were talking um, earlier just about how we're both Doctor Strange fans mm -hmm. um, of the comics, and he's a cool character, and I, I'm, I'm buying in. You know, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I would agree though that when the entire first page is just exposition repeating exactly what happened in the previous issue, yeah. you know, if this, if this was, um, recapping what happened in last week's Dr. Strange mm -hmm. issue. Okay. That's one thing. And again, I think the second page does that to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the fact that the first page was basically just a regurgitation of what I already paid for, you know, I, yeah. I, I I took I took issue with that, but it's, again, I think it's still fun, mm -hmm. and I know we'll get into it. But I really appreciated the art. I think that's uh, great, and I I, I like the the uh, traditional story that it's following. You know, the the man versus the devil. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, not the best not the best issue. But it was still it was still a lot of fun, and no regrets. Yeah, look again. Um, I I can't disagree with with both of you guys. Uh, with this as well, I um, I enjoyed it, but what I'm starting to f to figure out, and what you were mentioning, Connor, is that I find that these core books, and there's only four of them, um, I'm starting to look at them now as just broad sweeping strokes, um, and it's really the tie-in books. I mean, if Doctor Strange 386 is anything to go by, that is really where the details are filled in, um, because as you mentioned as well, Tommy, there's a, a bit of recap here, a whole... Um, a whole uh, a whole page dedicated to it, and let's face it as well. Largely, this issue was basically getting the the band together. 
Um, and that was alluded yeah. to already in the last page of Damnation 1. So basically it's a fleshing out of that. And if you take that away, there's really not much else to this other than they kind of finally get together and they're kind of you know, confronted with something. Um, so nothing really happens... Uh, so I'm looking forward to, you know, Scar- the Scarlet Spider tie-ins. Um, the Doctor Strange tie-in was fantastic, I thought. Actually, I rated that slightly higher than Damnation 1. And I'd probably... And I'd definitely rate that higher yeah. than the second issue as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you as well. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I'm enjoying this. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys about that issue, just because mm-hmm. uh, I had that on my... I had last week's Doctor Strange on my pull list, mm-hmm. but I, there was an error, and none of the comic shops in my area had that issue oh no everybody sold out oh no which i think is cool yeah yeah you know or maybe they just didn't order enough but i actually i missed last week's issue and so i know that i'm gonna pick it up eventually but um because i mean the whole geez uh uh jane foster thor i guess we should just call her thor until now i guess because odin's son's coming back but Mm -hmm. um the fact that Thor breaks Stephen Strange's legs with Mjolnir. Yeah. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is. And pretty I know cool. that we get a glimpse of that here on the second page, mm-hmm. but that—I mean—that's pretty metal. That's that's arguably more metal than some of DC metal that's happening <laughs> right now. Um, I don't know if either of you have read that, no. but that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was certainly a big reveal at the end of Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, highly recommend uh, picking up three eighty six. It, it's just so well written, I think, and it uh, has a bit more character development. You see a bit more bats. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I, that's what I'm trying to, uh, I'm beginning to find. Yeah, it, it kind of fills in the gap. So I think if we look at it that way and the way I'm going to look ahead is, um, the Damnation Core books is just, you know, just the, the big, the big broad sweeping strokes. Um, then reading the whole thing in its entirety, I think will, will bring a whole level of, um, satisfaction to the reader. Um, yeah, I'll say, so I guess we'll, let's get into it. For, for anyone that hasn't listened to us before, uh, so this is Over the Moon, um, Tommy has given us a fantastic bare bones, uh, which is the synopsis for the issue. Uh, what we usually do is we then give our four main aspects. Um, so these are the four, I guess, big themes to this particular issue, uh, whether they be introductions to characters or big reveals or, you know, or whatnot. Uh, followed by, we'll have just some, some sundry notes, which are just, you know, little observations throughout the, the issue that aren't usually or, or don't necessarily um, warrant a whole discussion. But um, And then we will finish off with our Crescent Art ratings. Now, with Tommy, our guest today, uh, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll open up the, the four main aspects with a bit more. So I'm sure we have uh, a lot to talk about. Um, so, yeah. Let's uh, let's open it up. Uh, Tommy, I'll let you go first, actually. Uh, what would you say would be one of the first main aspects for you? Um, well, all right, I'm going to do it. Can I do a mini aspect first? Yeah, sure. All right, thanks. So the third page here where Wong and Bats are in this English pub, mm-hmm. um, and then Blade comes slicing in was super cool opening and i do hope we take a few minutes to talk about blade and and, uh his potential future in in um, marvel comics but also maybe in mcu um but i gotta tell you when i I picked this up on wednesday i went out on my lunch break and i was coming back to school and i had you know another 15 minutes of my lunch and so i cracked open the issue just to take a look at it and i didn't get past the third page (laughs) Um, because in the last three panels there, these vertical panels, 
the first thing I see is Tottenham, <laughs> Tottenham till I die. I <laughs> and um, I uh, through uh, one of my best friends, Colin, have become a huge Tottenham Hotspur fan. <laughs> they're, they're, a, they're a Premier League uh, football team, soccer team, um, and when I saw that. I started laughing, but then I also had this furious anger at the same time. And I am not a competitive guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not super into sports. You know, I'm a big baseball fan here in the States and I, you know, I watch NFL and I've become a, a, a big Premier League fan with my buddy. Um, but just the fact <laughs> that Blade is taking out a Spurs guy <laughs> that that made me laugh, but at the same time, it just it's like a, there's a single tear going down my cheek, <laughs> and you know I'm laughing about it now. But then the the kicker though was the kicker is that two panels later, the last panel on the page, Wong gets <laughs> open his shirt and, and and says that he's an Arsenal fan, which is you know another London team, and they're arguably one of our largest rivals, if not our biggest rival. <laughs> I don't know if I was more surprised or happy that. Tottenham Hotspur was mentioned or horrified that Wong, you know, a, a pretty important character in the Marvel Universe, supports Arsenal and he's a gooner. Yeah. So that's sorry, just my little mini. Arsenal all the way. I'm sorry. Oh, Connor. Good thing you live in Australia, man, I guess. No, all respect. I get it because fandom's fandom. Yeah. Um, so I just, I really enjoyed that. I don't, I don't know much about Donnie Cates. I don't know, I, other than, you know, uh, Nick Spencer with, um, uh, secret secret empire mm-hmm. which i i you know have problems with just like anybody else but yeah. I, I think i enjoyed secret empire much more than I, I disliked it um i just thought that was a lot of fun yeah um but i do think that the the soccer hooligan thing hooligans are not a thing anymore those are that's 20 <laughs> 30 years gone um so let's go back to the 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 uh first aspect here mm-hmm. so uh i think ray you and i uh had this in common and, yeah, and, and Connor, sure. maybe you too, but just this idea of, of damnation Two. really. It was the, it was the last page that, that I think I want to say it was a six paneled page in damnation one, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the issue. Yeah. It's six panels where Wong is talking to bats and he's casting a spell with this tome and he's, uh, helping bats, uh, envision the crew that he's going to get together. And so, Ray, you and I, uh, and, and again, Connor, I'm sorry to, to cut you out of this. I think the three of us saw this as uh, all of Damnation 2 was getting this crew together, yeah. getting this motley crew together. Um, we have a note here of getting the band back together. But, you know, really, I, I can't recall, and I, I might be wrong, but I can't recall when all of these characters, so Elsa Bloodstone, um, Mr. Knight, Moon Knight, Mark Spector, whatever uh, uh, identity he's following, um, Jericho Drum, Man Thing, any of the Ghost Riders, Iron Fist, Wong, or Doctor Strange have all kind of worked as a team together. So it's it's more just like we we really are getting this Ocean's Eleven type team, mm-hmm. which I think is is uh, appropriate because you know we're we're going in on this mission, this heist mission, if you will. Because I think that as much as this is a, a rescue mission. Uh, for Doctor Strange to get Stephen Strange back and Wong is going to rescue him again. He's going to take care of the guy that let him down again. Really, in a way, it's more of a heist because Doctor Strange is now property of Mephisto. And if you think about that, this isn't like Wong is going to go rescue his buddy from some mob boss. He's rescuing property. He's rescuing rescuing something of value 
from a casino owner, which is Mephisto. And so this really is taking on that kind of Ocean's Eleven, we're going to yeah. rob a casino, we're going to commit this heist um, type of vibe, which that's why I think I'm really buying into this. Uh, you know, beyond the, the, the literary uh, connections that this makes to like the Faust legend or the Faustian legend, mm-hmm. Uh, this the whole idea that we're robbing a casino, but we're ro- we're robbing the ultimate casino, the yeah. this casino of sin, the casino of 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 the devil himself. Um, I think that's definitely one of the 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 major aspects that we should comment on. It's just this idea that yeah, this issue is all about getting the band together, but also bringing together people that normally are independent, yeah. um, and don't work well as a team or work well on a team, and. Uh, in a way, forcing them to use their strengths uh, uh, to, to get the job done. Oh, so. well, absolutely, I I, uh, I like it. I like this uh, this parallel that you made, Tommy, with um with the casino and Ocean's Eleven. It yeah, it fits perfectly, and it is far better uh, description than yeah, getting the band together. Because as you rightly say, apart from Iron Fist and maybe Jericho Drum. Uh, all the others are pretty much solitary figures. Um, they're like lone wolves, so uh, they are kind of not really, you know, used to to being part of a team. Um, yeah, and it it was one of the things I just really loved. I do like that they did flesh out um, bringing these people together um, because I just love that sort of thing. Um, you know, you were talking earlier about um, you know growing up watching animated shows and. Uh, I I remember this show when I was very little. I think it was uh, might have been G Force or something, but there was always a montage of bringing the characters together. And ever since, I've really loved like you know they go to uh, you know they go to England to pick up Blade, they go to Wonder Gore to pick up Elsa Bloodstone. So I like this uh, disparity of characters and um, and how they're kind of brought together. And and pretty much for half of the issue, that's what we get. We we get Wong just traveling around. Um, bringing them all together. We do know this is going to happen because, as you say, it was in the last page of Damnation 1, but it was nice to see it kind of fleshed out a little bit uh, a little bit more. Um, yeah, and I, I, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and the fact that um, Ghost Rider seems to be the reluctant one, but he's kind of drawn in because he feels compelled. He has to because uh, uh, of Mephisto. Um, kind of reminds me then of the Jason Aaron run um, of Ghost Rider as well and kind of tying that with him. Uh, and so, yeah, it gives it a lot of weight, I think, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, just um, their dynamics uh, between them and, and you can tell straight away that they aren't, you know, they aren't uh, well-versed in being in the team. So you get like, uh, I've got here in one of the notes, you get Blade and Elsa Bloodstone just, you know, just kind of quipping at each other uh, and, and, you know, just trying to get one up on each other there, um, which may or may not form into some sort of relationship you don't know. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was really fun, I thought. Um, uh, Connor, did you think much the same as well? Oh, yeah, 100%. My favourite stories are Motley Crue's. Mm. I mean, they make up majority of the... Transformers comics I read, I can pull up another probably maybe five comics or ten comics I'm reading at the moment from my pull list that's like that. It's just, it's fun. It yeah. it pulls out so many different types of humour and drama and just great dynamics. Every page in this, I was just enjoying the almost like just plenty of laugh out loud moments of just great banter. Yeah. You know, Blade and Elsa are definitely 
the um the biggest takeaways here, but there's just plenty of dynamics with seeing mate. Sorry, cat's about <laughs> attack my computer. Um uh, you know, we see Johnny ordering scratchies before coming into a team. We have, you know, Man Thing being unable to read and yeah. we have Bats and Wong leading the team, like just so many different characters that you can do so much with and it's just Kate just brings a certain kind of humor to that that I just you know, I can't stop loving. And so, you know, even with like the problems I'll have with this issue, this issue will still be great to me just because of how much I f- fun I had with those dynamics. Yeah. And you That's know, a- Iron Fist getting called a witch, witch, no, rich white yeah. boy. Or a witch. Mate, <laughs> Yeah, I think. I'd have to echo that though, yeah. um, Connor, just with the idea that like, you know, earlier when we were saying that like that, that, that last six panel page in Damnation 1 where it's like, hey, we're getting the team together and we've got all these names. We're getting the Knight. We're getting the Order. We're getting the <laughs> uh, the Rider, right? And all these guys, they've got these cool little nicknames. And Elsa Bloodstone, she's the Hunter. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, for I think for some comic readers, that final six-panel page would have been enough and we could have skipped all of Damnation 2. Mm. But I think, too, that maybe what Cates and Spencer are doing, and maybe this is an editorial point, you know, from Marvel, and maybe it was looking ahead to the the fresh start, and who knows, right? We're just the peons that give them and shell them our money. Um, that Damnation 2 was really an opportunity for a newcomer to jump on and get interested in these characters. To see that Blade is this, like, bad mother shut your mouth who's <laughs> slaying soccer loving football loving vampires uh johnny blaze is this guy that doesn't answer to anybody but loves drinking tall boys and uh you know scratch lottery tickets yeah. and um it, it, it was fun and i know that we'll get into the dialogue too but there were there were a lot of great lines too and yeah. that that were I, I, several of us have mentioned before that we, we we laughed out loud when we read some of the lines so yeah as as unnecessary as it was for one audience, I think it was just as necessary for a new audience. And honestly, that's that's the game. We yeah. we need to bring in newcomers all the time. So. Yeah, I, I think it I think it's uh, that as well, Tommy. Um, as you're saying, it, it is a nice introduction. It does flesh out their personalities a bit more. But I guess the takeaway for those that are are already fans or seasoned fans of the characters. You get to see the dynamics between them. You get to see how they interact with each other, which, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, not necessarily uh, well established as well. Like, you know, Elsa Bloodstone and Blade. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen them together. Um, uh, may not have. And uh, and you know, Jericho Drum with uh, with Moon Knight and such. So, yeah, I mean, I found that uh, a nice little takeaway as well that they. Um, you know, albeit they are a big ensemble, so it is hard to actually give give them all kind of screen time, if you can say that as well. So what I found with, with like Iron Fist um, was that I, I found he kind of um, fell out a little, which was unfortunate because you know him being in the Defenders on TV and, and all that, I he seems to be slightly glossed over. Um, I'm glad Moon Knight gets a, a bit more exposure, um, but yeah, I having said that as well, I totally totally take your point as well and see how that. This is very much more more um, aimed towards those who wouldn't know the characters uh, and, and kind of get a sense of them. Um, 
rather than those you know those who are seasoned followers and and saw the last page of damnation one and that was probably enough for us um but yeah yeah very and iron fist is getting two tie-in issues mm. which i know we're all looking forward oh, to because yeah. this this mm. last iron fist run over the last what eight issues or so has been incredible. oh my god and i just hope that 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 energy continues, and I know that Rebecca uh, has is a big fan too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. The, the Ed Brisson Mike Birkins run has been fantastic. Uh, one of the the main titles I, I continually collect. But yeah, excellent. Um, Connor, have you got a uh, an aspect? Uh, yeah, I will actually totally follow on. I was hoping you guys were going to bring up the Motley Crew because mm-hmm. that's a. Uh, Big, big one of mine. Um, I think one of the ones I really love here is to give a spotlight on a character who isn't our very own, is that I really love the importance placed on Johnny in this issue. Uh, you know, he's been away from comics for a very long time. I mean, most of these characters had uh, Elsa, not until um, the Monsters Unleashed yeah. book, and Blade and Johnny both were had a very, very long hiatus until um, the Spirits of Vengeance and, you know, Blade and Elsa get a great dynamic, but I love the importance of, like, Johnny is the one that needs to round up the team. He has a great scene on his right away. They really, just the way they frame him as well in those opening panels just gives him so much weight and importance, yeah. and I think that's a great way to bring him back, and I think C.B. Sobolski giving reign to this um, event, and like we said, bringing in new people, is that I definitely think these two will have new books after yeah. this. Well, all of them, really, but... Blade and Johnny, I think, are going to benefit really well from this, and I think they really gave both of them justice. I'm not the not not uh, biggest sort of like knowledge. I don't have the biggest amount of knowledge for both of those characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I've very much enjoyed what I've read, but I know they're both fan love characters with a lot of history who have been very absent. And I think it's yeah great to see them back, and it was just. Yeah, Johnny especially, just the weight he had in this issue made him so cool and makes me immediately want to go back and read more of his run. Yeah, I mean... And look- Connor, I gotta, I gotta tell you, give, give Dave's Signal of Doom podcast a listen. My man, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the loonies, and Dave is a lot of fun to talk to, and but and I, I want to give a shout-out to Signal of Doom, yes. too, but he, he absolutely loves Ghost Rider, and I know that... He's got a lot of great resources on him too, because I've I've learned a lot from from them as yeah. well. Oh yeah, Connor and uh, Connor and I know David well uh, from Signal of Doom as well. Yeah, he's a big Punisher fan, big Ghost Rider fan as well. Um, and let's of course let's not forget the Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. Brian and Chris are taking the reins. Taking yep, the reins. in a bit after They're this. Really good. Look, without being a Debbie Downer here, um, and what you say, Connor, and I, I totally agree with you. But what? I was disappointed with was there's only the one issue of Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider as a tie-in. Yeah, oh. and Blade I think as well both have only like one shots basically. Yeah, I mean, and for Ghost Rider to be like the pivotal character in this in this crew, it surprises me that you get three issues of Scarlet Spider, you know, three issues or so of, of Iron Fist, and only one of one of uh, Ghost Rider. So let's fingers crossed. Let's hope that there is a uh, a series around the corner as well, because um, I totally agree with you as well. Well, you you also have to figure though where each of these characters are in their in their publication too. So Iron Fist closed a narrative thread um, last month, mm-hmm. and so he's open now. I would say that one of the reasons that Moon Knight 
is not having any tying issues right now is because Bemis has a run that's continuing. It was mapped oh, out, yes. and there's several more issues to come. And same thing with Johnny Blaze. There, I, there's no other than Spirits of Vengeance that came out several months ago. Yeah. There isn't any Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider series out right now, right? Yeah, but surely that would mean then that you would open up a, another limited series, right? Like, um, so like Iron Fist. I, yeah, I suppose. I suppose going from like one to five issues is that what you? Yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I agree. But I'm just, you know, playing devil's yeah. advocate. I think that with Iron Fist and honestly, Scarlet Spider, which I, I know Connor, you said you have a bit to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a little bit of background that, you know, maybe would be best fit for next episode, um, if you'll have mm-hmm. it. Uh, but, uh, I think Iron Fist was at a point where it's like, hey, we're in a transition phase. You know, Tom King is doing this a lot with Batman right mm-hmm. now, where he's got these long arcs, like the War of Jokes and Riddles, which lasted for eight issues or so. And then, you know, we've got the big uh, Batman and Catwoman engagement that's kind of in the air right now and they're getting ready f- for their wedding. But then what Tom King's doing is doing these like two or maybe three issue stints where he pairs Batman and maybe Catwoman up with another hero. Like there was a, a, a two issue stint with Wonder Woman. Right now there's a, t- a three issue stint with Poison Ivy mm-hmm. um, where actually Poison Ivy is an antagonist for Batman. But again, it might just be like, hey, here's Iron Fist. We ended a a narrative strand. Um, Let's give him two issues and maybe we'll use him somewhere else. Because if I recall correctly, too, there is no new Iron Fist series with the Marvel Fresh start. Which is a real disappointment. Um, Yeah, because I'll tell you, man, the last year of Iron Fist, and I I know y'all have said this and, and Rebecca's said this and it's but but man, this has been a great year for Iron Fist has... outside of say the the Netflix series, which again I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoyed so. as well. I, I loved, and I reckon as well with season two of Iron Fist coming, um, you know there will be another series of Iron Fist coming around the corner to kind of promote that or you know get people ready for that. But yeah, totally as well. It's, it's a shame that they haven't been announced. I know the guys at Sons of the Dragon. Uh, very disappointed in that, and uh, yeah, I am too, actually. But um, yeah, so with uh, with Ghost Rider, um, and just going on to your aspect, Connor, as well, with the importance of Johnny. Yeah, I'd like to see him um, do a, a bit more. As you were saying, uh, it seemed a little slow. These core, uh, well, actually, well, we're up to actually already issue two. We've only got two more to go. Um, we have to, yeah, we have to kind of see this importance of uh, of Johnny Blaze sooner, I think, rather than later. And we haven't as yet really gotten that, other than the other than um, the sense of them saying, you know, you are an important character, you will be the one leading us. Uh, we've still yet to see what that means. But having said that, um, we do have the Avengers, as mentioned in our previous article in the news, and Doctor Strange uh, as Ghost Riders. So. Definitely uh, integral to the whole part of Damnation and Mephisto. Uh, have Have any of you guys read Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider as well? No, I have it sitting there. Okay, because it's funny in, in that as well. Um, he uh, is quite an important, um, like he plays a key to everything. I oh, actually no, I've got that wrong. No, Spirits of Vengeance is what I'm talking about. Uh, Tommy, have you read Spirits of Vengeance? The one that came out in 2017? Yeah, yeah. Just a five-parter. 
Yeah, no, I haven't. I and honestly, that was. I, I remember hearing about it back when we heard about Smallwood releasing yeah. his images of the new Midnight yeah. Suns, and and boy, did that does and still does that art look great? It, um, yeah, that is. And then I heard about Spirits of Vengeance coming out, and I saw that it was Blade, yep. and and I'm forgetting who else was in there. But and it looked cool, but again, at the end of the day, you have to make choices. Of course, and I didn't pick it up. No. So. Oh no, of course. Well. Um, it, it's very well reviewed by Inner Demons, Ghost Rider Podcast. So if you got anyone who's who's read it and wants to hear a review, they'll go issue by issue for the five issues. Look, at the end of the day, it kind of it did fall a bit flat and was a little disappointing. Um, uh, definitely, Brian and Chris from Inner Demons thought that way, and and I felt that way as well. It, it there didn't seem to be enough action, and there was a lot of hanging around and drinking co- literally drinking coffee or going to a bar and having a drink and just talking which was a very strange um way that you know when you, you have a spirit of vengeance series you'd expect you know there to be a lot of you know flames and 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 you know guns and chains and and penance stairs and stuff but it wasn't to be um but anyway my point was in that series uh so it was it was blade ghost rider um satana and hellstrom uh ghost rider ended up being the key to you know to actually saving the day and it looks like we get um we get this as well so uh in damnation it looks like ghost rider has a key part in this so yeah so i'm excited to see that kind of take effect um but for me it hasn't hasn't arrived yet um Okay, well, I'll I'll chuck in a an aspect now. Um, I'll go for one of the big ones. There was a bit of a reveal in this issue, issue two, and that was uh, the arrival of Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. Um, I've also got here in the notes. I found it quite interesting that he was armed with um, with guns and and a knife. Um, but it was certainly cool to see a um, a cement truck, and it kind of reminds you of how powerful um, the Scarlet Spider is, or, or you know, any spider mm. person is, um, where he can just like, lift and chuck a, a cement truck at people. So um, I found that was pr- <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> I love how you say that with such nonchalance. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool how this guy can, you yeah. know throw cement trucks at yeah. <laughs> well actually it's it is cool though is. you know it's 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 really cool it, i mean it came out it of did nowhere. yeah it surprised me i mean like they were in the middle of the battle you have moon knight looking up at this rain of, of flaming arrows coming towards him and then you have um jericho drum you know doing his his magic thing and then all of a sudden like all well, these guys are under fire you get this truck just out of nowhere and it just decimates um <laughs> the the ghost rider avengers so that was pretty cool which which and i know connor you mentioned before that you might have a bit to say about scarlet spider but but with that that cement truck throwing those avengers slash ghost riders but i mean this is captain marvel this is black panther hawkeye yeah is just a regular dude but still these are 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 highly powered individuals Mm. now girded by the power of mephisto which is who knows how how that works right yeah and 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 this cement truck out of nowhere shocks them off their feet (laughs) i mean that that says a lot that this guy this 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 spider clone who has no uh uh celestial or supernatural abilities Mm. is able to at 
the very least, shock those incredibly powered heroes, which I think is is really interesting and really cool. Yeah. That that even again, this is speaking to that idea that Peter Parker, the everyman, because you know Scarlet Spider is a clone of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. that even the 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 little guy can make a difference. And obviously here he's highly armed, yeah. <laughs> and is or Ray, as you said, he's got a a, a hunting knife yeah. and he's got these you know assault rifles. Um, he looks intimidating, but again, it's the idea that this is the spider and this is the one guy that is going to make a difference. Yeah. It's the little guy that's making the difference, which I think is cool. Is that, is that common, Connor, for the Scarlet Spider to have guns and, and a knife? Or um, so I actually caught up on this latest run. No, he was um, like you know he's he's definitely suffered a bit, but in the old one, um, he really just wanted to be Peter Parker. He wanted to be a hero in the. Um, in his current run, which actually is a lot better than I was expecting, I totally wrote it off that first issue. I was like, no, not having no. it. But I caught up on MU for this event, and the last few issues have really surprised me with just how much fun I'm having. And it has um, the other Scarlet Spider, Kane. Yeah. Oh, I love Kane. Yeah, great. Kane's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he's really good in this. But um, after the Clone Conspiracy event, which is where Ben came back after all these years, his mental state isn't great. He is very unhinged. So this is kind of like kind of nicely pulling from that run where he isn't exactly in his right mind like he is Peter Parker with a little less with power comes great responsibility you know it that's his kind of um his idea he's fine to just you know pick up guns and start throwing because he's not quite all there in the head he thinks that's a perfectly fine way to get justice which which has been fun and I look forward to seeing him um play off in this event yeah and um, the one thing I did find as well, I mean, although it's not entirely true because we all know Ghost Rider is an epically powerful being, um, was that, uh, yeah, as, and further on to what you were saying, Tommy, as well, is that although he's the everyday guy, he actually takes it up a notch with the, with the power set for this team because, as you were saying, they're very powerful Avengers slash Ghost Riders. And if you look at, I don't know, look, if we take our boy Moon Knight, Moon Knight versus Thor, or Moon Knight versus Captain Marvel, or Black Panther. A little bit of an unevenness there. Um, same with Elsa Bloodstone. As as good as she is, um, you know, I don't think she can mix it against Captain Marvel. But then you've got someone like the Scarlet Spider um, coming in, and uh, yeah, and he's uh, he's pretty well. Looks pretty menacing. One thing though that, and I, I have to, I, I have to give this shout out to um, a student of mine, Peyton. Uh, who is a huge Spider-Man fan, mm-hmm. did some background research for me on Scarlet Spider. And he's just about caught up to Scarlet Spider in, like, through the 90s or, you know... Wow. Uh, maybe into the early 2000s. I think there was maybe a mix in the Ultimate Universe. So, Peyton, you're my man. Thank <laughs> you for this. But one thing that I noticed with his research and with a little bit of background that I did is that um, Ben Riley was has been a victim more times than not like i want to say that he as a clone there's some there's something and i'm not clued in on this and connor maybe you can speak to this but like maybe his conscience remains or something like that but as a clone he's been resurrected and killed something like 28 29 (laughs) 39 or 30 times right but his mind retains those memories so connor to 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 your speaking of how he's not kind of all there one of the reasons is because the Jackal, um, who, Miles Warren, yes. I want to say? Yes. 
Yeah, right. And so, and, and there's some business with the high evolutionary. He used to work for the high evolutionary, uh, which there's a good transia connection with Elsa Bloodstone because the high evolutionary is there. Uh, I think his domain is there. Um, but Ben Riley is arguably just as twisted or just as, um, maybe disassociated is the best term as our boy Mark Spector. And so I have to say that in the last couple of days with, with, with my student, you know, talking to me about this stuff, uh, Ben Riley has suddenly become a really interesting character to me. And I'm, if, if he's continues, I might pick up some series from him because again, uh, if you take a look and Connor, again, you might be able to speak to this with the last couple issues. I just caught some glimpses online. It seems that in this 2017 run after the clone conspiracy with, with Ben Riley, there are some panels where Ben Riley is like talking to a former self or talking to, um, a vision of himself, oh. but almost as if at, at, it's not DID, like we dis, dissociative identity disorder, like we have with Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but it's, it's, and, and again, Forgive me, maybe schizophrenia is the, is the best term. Um, but it's, it's this really interesting dynamic where we have Ben Riley talking to himself. But again, his other self is this other character and they're talking trash to each other. And it's, you know, that the, the, the whole idea that the, the human mind is much more than what we think it is, is, is very interesting to me. And I love how comics can, can help hash that out and bring that out. And I, I'm starting to see that with the Scarlet Spider. So when I see, and I, I've known that the Scarlet Spider is going to be a character in Damnation. We, I mean, yeah. in fact, if you look at uh, uh, Reyes's cover of Damnation 2, he's right there in the middle left. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we see this big appearance in the last few pages, uh, and he's strapped up. He's got this butcher's knife or, or hunting knife. He's got these these two assault rifles strapped against him. He's the one that threw this or, or webbed this uh, cement truck to save the other heroes. And regardless of the fact that the other heroes don't care, the idea that he is dealing with his own demons, and I'm sorry for that pun, <laughs> is really interesting to me. You know, the idea that he is talking against himself he's doubting himself and who knows how many versions of ben riley are talking back against him because again he's been killed almost 30 times and he has all these shades around him i mean honestly scarlet spider is now becoming just as interesting uh uh, to me as moon knight yeah and i it's damnation is bringing that about and i really appreciate that about this whole run so you know good on you nick spencer good on you donny cates Let's keep it yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, look, Tommy. Like, I think I- I'm I'm sold on this as well now. Far out. After hearing that, uh, I am quite interested now in this Scarlet Spider character. And exactly, I mean, I can't exactly as you say. I, I can see how he fits in now. Uh, he's actually he's quite intriguing now. I kind of actually want to want to read more of him. Uh, the, the fact that he has, as you're saying, the uh, the consciousness of of all these past lives, all these um resurrections that he's had um yeah i can totally see it uh is this is this how it, it is with scarlet spider connor like uh, as well from what you've read uh, like in that in that recent run uh it is for this run in the uh it was very different he's a very much a product of the okay. 90s like his original his original run was very different which ended yeah you know um would have been end of the 90s and then this is like 
sort of the first time he showed up for a decent tenure since yeah, then. Right. He uh, certainly got so many more layers now than I've uh, ever, ever thought of. So this is cool. Game on, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be checking out Scarlet Spider on, on the MU, I think. That's, uh, that's for sure. Um, Connor, have we got one of your aspects? Um, just depends where I want to go with my aspects. Uh, I know where I want to go. I want to go to Bats. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Oh, Holy crap. What a boy. Bats him. is awesome. Bats is hilarious. I just, um, yeah, just quick bit. He's the greatest. We should uh, bow before his presence. He's so yeah. funny. He's usually like my favorite new character. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. Kate's just does so much with him, you know, making him a companion and a dog with the urinating yeah. and, you know, he's just so smart, <laughs> but just so, so dog-like. It's just brilliant. But I also want to um, bring up Wong as well. I think one of the big things with Wong is that, you know, he's really just seen as the guardian of the um, Sanctum Sanctorum. He just kind of helps out almost as like a, um, what's the word, secretary? To Stephen Strange, I really love this issue showing off how strong he was. We see him fighting and an acknowledgement that, um, you know, he got this team together because he could beat them yeah. if he wanted to. I don't think we've seen Wong given that sort of presence or acknowledgement to his own power in years. Probably. Yeah, he's quite badass. I think he's really been, yeah, he's been really like left to yeah. the side of just, this is kind of just what he does. He just hangs out and helps Stephen, but here, you know we see he's actually a force to be reckoned mm. with. Yeah, it's it certainly come out a bit more. I've always um, felt with Wong that um, that there was just something underneath the surface to him. Like, you know, with Stephen Strange, you got you got Doctor Strange doing his thing and Wong being his kind of, like, assistant. But it kind of comes out a little bit in the movie as well with, um, with Benedict Wong, uh, that he is a, there's a lot more to him than what you usually see. Uh, and I like that about Wong. I've always liked that, how he could definitely handle himself. He's kind of like, to me, the same as that you can kind of, you have faith in Frenchie. You know that Frenchie can take care of himself. Like he, uh, and that was shown in one of the, um, the Mark Spector issues, uh, grudge match, which had Frenchie, um, fighting, uh, I can't remember his name, but there was a dude that actually, um, injured Frenchie and he decided to take on this guy by himself. Uh, and he said to Moon Knight, look, don't worry, I've got this, and he just kind of padded himself up with, um, you know, with some armor and some guns, and he and he just took on this guy himself. I find that the same with Wong, that he's totally capable, but um, you just know it, but you never see it. And I think with with this though, in Damnation Two, uh, yeah, it's great how Spencer and Kate's kind of brings that out and kind of emphasizes that. Um, yeah, yeah. And see, I read Wong in this issue. Um, as almost <clears throat> like a avatar of the ancient one. And I know that that's yeah, saying a right. lot. Pardon me one minute. <coughs> but just the idea that Wong is, is, is saying, and he's going back and forth with bats, like, yeah, I'll rescue Steven when he needs to be rescued, or I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it by my terms, or yeah, okay, we're going to get to it when we get to it. Um, but then when you see him fighting, you know, and, and I think it's Johnny Blaze in the last couple pages of the issue where he asks, hey, where's Wong, yeah. right? You know, after, uh, you know, Blade's been taken down by Mjolnir and uh, Moon Knight has been basically worthless. He's got a <laughs> fire arrow in the thigh. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that provides some, some comic relief, <laughs> which is good. 
Uh, but then Wong presumably has been down the strip, just laying into it, into these <laughs> demons, which again, if none of you have read the, uh, Tom King, uh, Batman series with, um, where the gentleman comes in and Batman and Wonder Woman, I'm blanking on the numbered issues. Um, but they go into this like realm of hell and they just have to fight demons on, you know, for years on end. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I was thinking about here. How Wong is just, even though he has finite energy, he is a human. He's just doing what it takes to save his friend. And in this case, to save his team of the midnight Suns, presumably, um, He's just, he's just laying into it and, and, and everybody's wondering, Hey, where are you? Mm. Uh, but he's just, he's just laying it down. And so to me, it's, it's almost like maybe there will be a reveal where the ancient one is going to be the spirit within Wong or Wong is, is some other being and, and he's more than who he is. And, and he's going to finally show Stephen Strange how dumb he is, uh, uh, Strange is, by the mm. way, because he's, continuing to make these mistakes and it's just and i know that that's another another one of our aspects but yeah. and maybe this is a good segue but just this idea that strange keeps messing up and the only person in the at the end of the day that can rescue stephen strange is his mentor yeah. and maybe you know this is just showing that strange has never grown out of that transition or or uh, a temporary uh phase of um of practice like strange might be the sorcerer supreme he might be the most powerful being in that in that part of the universe but then again maybe he's not mm. um but because of the stupid mistakes that he continues to make throughout his run yeah. um so that's what is both super interesting to me as uh, or for a character as stephen strange but also something that continues to let me down is how many times is stephen strange going to make the same mistake because of his arrogance yeah he, he certainly is heavily flawed in that in that sense and and the boys over at defenders tv podcast um made mention of that as well how uh he kind of he's trying to do good but uh he always seems to to kind of make things worse, which is um, which is what Stephen Strange seems to be doing, um, you know, in the recent runs. Uh, I like your speculation here, Tommy. I um, and I think one of the seeds that was planted is that the fact that Wong said that he could beat every single one of these guys, and you only have to look at Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is actually an incredibly powerful being. So if Wong reckons he can take him out, you know, it makes you kind of think, yeah. Is there something more to Wong? You know, is there is there some connection with the Ancient One? I'd love to see it actually, because we haven't seen the Ancient One in in a while, um, and it kind of uh, adds a bit of something to Wong. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep close eyes on Wong and uh, and see. Yeah, let's see what happens. Um, but that actually ties in, Tommy, as you're saying, to one of your as is this one of your aspects or Connor's about Doctor Strange? As a as a screw up. Oh, as the screw yeah. up is that yeah that and this one we can probably make uh, or, or keep pretty yep. brief. Uh, I just had a note too that Doctor Strange here seems to be depicted as the screw up, mm. which ultimately is and or because of his hubris, because of his arrogance. Which I mean that that's why Doctor Strange is Doctor Strange, mm. right? Is because he was an arrogant surgeon. Um, uh, because he was self-obsessed, because he thought that there was no one better than him, 
Um, and then, you know, he gets into the car crash and I know that's been rewritten a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say in 2005, 2006, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the series, but there was a limited series, five issues with Dr. Strange. It's really, really a, a beautiful Earth? five books. It's the oath. Uh, that's, yes. that's what it is. Thank you, Connor. I I adore that series. I think mm-hmm. it's it's so simple, but it it is just uh, the it's the perfect perfect origin for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um. And again, that's I I think uh, probably what uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and MCU's Doctor Strange really was based mm-hmm. off of, um, or at least that the, the formation of that character. Yeah. Um. This idea that we have this incredibly arrogant hubristic. Uh, a surgeon who is very accomplished, doesn't really care about other people, arguably doesn't care about himself, um, but only cares about his skill. Mm. And then when his skill fails him, uh, he's left with nothing. And then somehow the universe is generous and gives him a way out. Yeah. And that's, Honestly, unfortunately, the thing that I hate about Doctor Strange, because I adore Doctor Strange and Ray again, yeah. you and I were talking earlier before we recorded about how Doctor Strange is a, is a favorite of ours. But um, when it comes to it, I find, and again, I don't, I don't follow Doctor Strange as closely as, say, Moon Knight or other characters, mm-hmm. but Doctor Strange continuously seems to reflect the exact same character, ah. where it's his arrogance, yeah. it's his his self-love that brings him down. And that's what we have here in Damnation, which again, I'm having fun with Damnation. We've said it a couple times and we've got the whole Faustian legend that's mixing in this idea that the human thinks that they can trick the devil um, and they can get away with it. And they're smarter than the, 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 the spirits that have come before them. But ultimately it's kind of the same story. Yeah regurgitated again and again and again. And I know that that is all of literary history. <laughs> you know, we're just playing with archetypes. Yeah. But this, with Damnation, though, it, it and Doctor Strange, it's just... I, maybe it's less Damnation. It's more using Doctor Strange in this way, mm-hmm. again, is not as refreshing as I thought it would be. And that's, I think, that that's one point against Damnation, is just the idea that here comes Wong. He's going to save Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's the ancient one because Tommy's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, Doctor Strange is messing up again. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's I, I think, the, the one thing that's detracting it. Yeah, yeah I, I think also as well, um, from what you say as well, you know, we are returning to very much a Doctor Strange, uh, you know, kind of way that he's been depicted over the years uh, i think there was um a little break there donny cates managed to do a great thing with um you know when dr strange lost his powers and and him fighting the empirical um and for him to you know i guess paying a price for using magic but then um in that run with uh with jason aaron um sorry jason aaron not donny cates uh, Jason Aaron trying to find magical elements throughout the world to actually kind of collect a bit more magic again after the empirical had destroyed all the magic. Uh, there, there was a briefly for that. Um, Jason Aaron did. I thought that was great what he did, um, and it, it really changed Doctor Strange in that regards because, as you're saying, Tommy, what he had was this arrogance. 
but he had that side by side with this massive amount of power as a Sorcerer Supreme. And only recently now with um, with Donny Cates on Doctor Strange and him regaining basically limitless magic through, I think, Yidril, the, um, the tree of life from the Asgardians, we've got him back to basically full circle, back to him being this all-powerful being and flawed again. So, yeah, you're right. It is repeating um, in that sense. But I did like the little break before... Um, which Jason Aaron presented. And, and he gave a, a nice little different spin to Doctor Strange. Um, I think I think it is essential to have, um, if Doctor Strange is this all-powerful Sorcerer Supreme, it is, it is good to offset that with him being a completely arrogant and flawed human being. Um, otherwise, if you had him perfect, uh, he would be pretty much godlike. Of yeah. course. Um, yeah. But, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, but he, he's... Uh, and that, that's one of the things I think I guess I'm trying to lead towards is that, that last page reveal of when he comes with uh, with the Ghost Rider head. When I turned to that page, I was thinking, oh, holy crap, you know, because he's immensely powerful. And now he's like batting, batting yep. for the other side. So, um, yeah, yep. I, I found yep. that really impactful on that last page. And one other note, too, just before we move on to another aspect, and, and this is actually something that I want to give credit to uh, Defenders TV podcast in, their, in last week's episode. Uh, I forget who mentioned it. But just the idea that when we're dealing with Doctor Strange, uh, uh, the character himself, but also because he's flawed incredibly, as just mm-hmm. you know, all good characters truly are. Um, and, but he's also serving as a narrator for the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a certain degree. And so Defenders TV podcast brought up this idea that uh, um, we we shouldn't trust him, right? He's an unreliable narrator. Yeah. So even in that first page of exposition that we have at the beginning of, Do- of, of Doctor Strange Damnation number two, which for the most part is a regurgitation of what we saw in Damnation one, but for individuals like me who did not read last week's Doctor Strange and with the... the uh, Mjolnir breaking his legs, uh, and 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 Thor uh, uh, breaking his legs. There, there were times where I was thinking after listening to uh, Defenders podcast that maybe what Doctor Strange is saying, as irritating as it is, as as com- as com- complaining as it sounds, as excusatory as it sounds, maybe he's not as reliable as I think he mm. is. You know, as somebody that loosely follows Doctor Strange, as somebody that has gone to see Benedict Cumberbatch in the Doctor Strange movie where he's this perfectly, once he gains his power, ethical individual yeah. um, and this, this pillar of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, maybe Doctor Strange, the man who the Midnight Suns, led by Wong, are honestly pursuing and trying to help, maybe he's not worth helping mm. You know, and and that that's really interesting to me. So big ups to Defenders TV podcast. I thought that was a really cool point that they made. Yeah, that was a really good um, pick up there. Yeah, for sure. Um, Connor, uh, you've got another point here, aspect about the art. Oh, that uh, wasn't, oh, wasn't actually mine. No, um, oh, that was uh, t- that was yeah, me. Yeah, right. Yeah, the art is fantastic. And, the, yeah, just a couple comments. Just it's it's. I think it's perfectly suits this series. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, the realism is great. Mm. 
I hate the Tottenham panel. I'll just say that again. <laughs> um, I think that the way that they're drawing bats is a lot of fun. Yeah. He's a really sympathetic character. He's fun. You know, I'm a dog owner. I think he's fun. I do have to say, though, the, I absolutely adore the art. Yes. And uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, Kodransky does a, a great job, except with Mr. Knight. I was Knight. about to say. Every single panel with Mr. Yeah. Knight, I hate. <laughs> it is just... It doesn't look good. It looks unnatural. The big splash page where yes. the Midnight Suns are are moving into Las Vegas. Mister Knight looks like he has to poop. It's just, it's not it's just good. weird. Loose clothing seems to maybe not be a, a forte for um, for Kadransky. I don't know because Moon Knight's just got the suit on. Uh, yeah, it just it seems oddly, I don't know, uh, less realistic than the other depictions he's had. Um, yeah, tell you, Connor, what, what do you reckon? Did you, did you pick up that or? Ah, uh, sorry, uh, what was that? Uh, sort of just cut out oh, no, the just art. the art, yeah. Oh, just, uh, general comments Specifically on the Specifically with Moon Knight. Yeah. Moon Knight. Um, I will say straight away, I'm not actually a big fan of this art. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's definitely not my cup of tea. I can't tell whether it's the colouring or a bit. I just think... The bodies, I just think um, it can be a little inconsistent. There wasn't one sort of style I picked up the whole way mm-hmm. through that didn't sort of carry it for me, and then I gelled with some things and not yeah. the other, and I don't think the colouring perfectly suited it like it did Rod Reyes. Um, I need to look at the colourist to see whether it's the same one from the other, but possibly transplanting that with the way skin looked in this one and the way characters did just didn't gel with yeah. me and that's fine too like I definitely know this is good art um, obviously you guys enjoyed it. it's getting a lot of love online but it's just sadly not the quite style for me and you know it's sort of and that yeah that's fine as well like there's a lot of house styles yeah. this isn't a house style but a lot of house styles like I don't gel yeah. with them yeah. but yeah uh, so sadly that was a bit of a detractor with me for enjoying mm-hmm. this but like stepping back I can see why it's you know very much enjoyed yeah. although yeah well, yeah, I, I think when when Kadransky's on song, he he really does hit it out of the park. Um, but yeah, there are some inconsistencies here, and I don't know whether it's timing or you know uh, deadlines and such. But there are certain pages, like you know, the last page is I thought absolutely awesome. Um, but there are some yeah facial depictions throughout the issue which seem very simplified and stylized as as opposed to other other panels. So yeah, I, yeah, there, there is a slight inconsistency there. Um, I love how he's drawn Man Thing, um, just so much detail on him every time. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, of course, it's very very subjective as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, overall, it was uh, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, yeah. Could, would you guys mind flipping to the? This is the third to last page. Yep. This is the it, this is the page where we see Scarlet Spider appear. Yeah. Uh, and yep. then we have that that horizontal panel of the yes. Midnight yes. Suns. I'd love to hear your comments on how <laughs> Moon Knight is drawn in that central panel with the black background. He looks very odd, I must say. Uh, I, I'm not really digging how his mask is looking. Uh, yeah, he looks very strange. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. So strange. Yeah. He, he kind of had that even when he first appeared. Yeah. He just didn't seem quite outlined right. Like he was almost kind of <laughs> entirely spectral. Like he wasn't quite yeah. a solid state to yeah, fight. Right. I mean, because he's mainly in white, but he just, it's really weird. I, th- I think Kadransky, I know, looks like he might, struggles a little bit with, with Mr. Knight and Moon Knight. Um, 
but then again, if you look at that same panel, Tommy, as well, if, if you look at his man thing, again, just absolutely Yeah, it's detailed. incredible. It just, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. So... And even even this even this the simple lines of Elsa Bloodstone have an elegance to mm. them, and 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 just you know if you if you don't have the comic in front of you, Elsa Bloodstone is in the foreground here, uh, Moon Knight is is to the left, and 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 uh, Man Thing is just in the background to her yeah. right. The Man Thing looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, just the, the details there. Moon uh, Moon Knight just, or I guess we should say Mister Knight, and maybe this is on purpose just looks like he's derping around I mean, it looks like he doesn't he he knows he's he doesn't belong yeah. here and he is trying to figure out how to get out and again that central panel for context all of these midnight suns if this is the that's what we'll name this yeah. group they're all reacting to scarlet spider and they're all thinking probably okay who are you why do you matter yeah. but again moon knight just he, it, it's it is strange. He sta- especially since he's all white. Yeah. He stands out and it just looks weird and you know from the Moon Knight perspective that's too bad because maybe that will cause some readers to lose respect for the character and not read him but um but just you know kind of I've weird. just also picked up a little bit of an error here. Um if you look at his moon crescent on his forehead it's actually reversed to what it should be. And, and how it's depicted in all the other pictures of him. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a... Did they copy and paste, mirror that one? I'm not too sure. But, yeah. 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 Um, right, and, and Moon Knight, look, hey, look, let's just say as well, I wanted to say Moon Knight, he does get some of the really cool laughs in this issue as well, as you mentioned, Tommy. Oh, for when sure. When he gets that arrow and he's running in the background. <laughs> I mean, he just seems, as you say, he's a little <laughs> bit worthless at the moment. Um, he doesn't seem to be adding much to to the team. Um, but I love that line of which one is the psychopath. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that, that was pretty funny, I thought. Um, yeah, so he, he does get a bit of time um, to shine. Andrew, Sorry? Oh, so- Sorry, Connor? Oh, I was just uh, saying, um, Andrew Levin to the Serious Issue podcast pointed out a good point. It's kind of like that uh, Warren Ellis, Mr. Knight character mixed in with sort of Bemis humour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, because he is a bit kooky mm, in Bemis. Mm. And um, yeah, and obviously Warren Ellis with Mr. Knight. And can I... Can I add also the dainty hands of the Punisher in <laughs> Ed Brubaker's Secret Avenger series? I can't comment on who the Diodato maybe, who the artist yeah, is, yeah. but I'll tell you the like that splash page here in the middle of the comic where the the Midnight Suns are going into Vegas, yeah. and we have uh, Moon Knight and everybody jumping. Yeah. Everybody looks stellar. I don't know why Iron Fist is yeah. doing a weird backward <laughs> forward flip. You know? <laughs> but Moon Knight's hands look exactly like those dainty hands from uh, uh, Brubaker's Secret Avenger series that I just can't stand. <laughs> why are they so thin? Yeah. That, that That is not... Those aren't the hands of a practiced martial exactly. artist it, it looks so. like hands of someone that hasn't done manual labor all their life to quote <laughs> to quote uh you know george costanza from seinfeld <laughs> yeah god bless seinfeld. <laughs> uh, yeah so um wow so there's a lot packed in there oh sorry tommy is there any last uh last aspect there for you i don't no? think so just i think uh, yeah. uh you know with this last one just the idea that we are are using that idea of devil versus man, uh, going in on the Faustian legend, the Dr. Faustus legend of, 
of this idea that I can make a deal with the devil and get away scot-free, uh, make a deal at the crossroads. I, I'm, you know, that is an archetype of, of the Western world. And I, I just, it's something that I'm, I'm very interested in. And it's, it's, so I th- I've, I've had a lot of fun with this. Honestly, one of the reasons that I picked up Damnation was not so much Moon Knight. It was the fact that it's devil versus man. It's, it's sin versus the concept of good. You know, it's, it's the human concept of good. The idea that we can be perfect. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's something that's just very interesting to me. So I'm glad Marvel's doing it. I'm glad they're using my favorite character. Yeah. You know. So it's a bunch of... Oh, yeah. No, for sure. It's um, it's always good to see Moon Knight mixing it with other people as well. Um, okay, well, any notes here? Uh, the only notes I got here was... Um, oh, well, actually, Connor, a little quick-fire question. Lock, draw, and bats. Who do you, who do you rate more? Oh, okay. Can't just put me on the spot like that. <laughs> um, that's tough because we've got a good lock, draw issue a couple of weeks ago and now we got bats i don't know i guess or i got history with lockjaw maybe bats i'm still in honeymoon period with because he's such a new character yeah. um i don't know i both love them maybe because bats is a bit more vocal sort of yeah yeah maybe bats but oh god no, <laughs> yeah i did, did put you on the spot there a little <laughs> um also the other can't do that to my boys. Yeah, I've got I've got little Mesa cat just crying at the door as well. So I'm sure it's been picked up on the mic. Um, I'm not sure if you can hear mine going off. Like oh, that could be yours. Of... Okay, I thought it was mine. But anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, also as well, I thought a little note uh, when we first introduced Moon Knight, we do see him. He's introduced as Moon Knight. You can see him floating down with his cape. I just didn't really understand how he turned into Mister Knight all of a sudden. Was that um, was that something you guys picked up? That was yeah. That was like sixties levels quick costume change. Yeah, yeah. that is just not reasonable <laughs> no, in the slightest. No reason or no logical explanation there. He just drops down from the sky and he's Mister Knight. So yeah. <laughs> The thing that, the thing that I loved about that, cause obviously, you know, in the, in the second panel, or the, it's one of the bottom panels where he is, um, uh, like tightening his tie, I think. Yep. He did give off this idea that if he is in fact, uh, dealing with dissociative identity disorder, that these identities switch back and forth as they please. Which I really liked. Cause you know, that, that scene where he's jumping off the rooftop, he is, um, you know, he's properly jumping off the rooftop. He's, he, it's not like he's jumping to a, a lower yeah. roof. He's jumping down to the street. And then suddenly Mr. Knight appears there, um, on the same rooftop underneath the water tower. Yeah. Um, which I, I, you know, was kind of strange up front from a logical perspective. But at the same time, it's this idea that maybe, Moon Knight actually is dealing with DID and his identities decide when they're going to take over. So, you know, did the writers, Cates and Spencer, actually think about that? Did they actually put the time in? Probably not. But at the same time, it was fun to think that, hey, maybe we're keeping on with this continuity and we're doing honor to the character. So I thought that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, I guess, guys, we, we better 
I better give this a rating. Um, our patented Crescent Dart ratings. Um, I'll start with our guest Tommy. What would you give uh, this issue of Damnation number two? Oh boy, this is tough. <laughs> All right, as a crossover, um, dealing with many different characters, uh, but also a crossover within an arc that was well publicized and uh, one in which people were expecting a lot. I'd say let's go with a safe three out of five. Yeah, three out of five. And I wouldn't even call it crescent darts. <laughs> let's call it like three out of five hellfires. <laughs> three out of five hellfires. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty decent score. How, how about yourself, Connor? Um, I'd probably give it about the same, uh, like a three, three, three and a half, like a three point two five. I think. Um, <laughs> Probably give it fractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to cheat when I, whenever I can. <laughs> um, I think uh, probably if I gelled a bit more with the art, I'd probably give it a, um, a bigger, a, a better score. Um, like, like I said, you know, I know, I know, I can see the love for it, but it just isn't my style. It isn't my sort of way. I like to see the way I like to see skin or people drawn. I think there's some great stuff, but it's just. A little bit too inconsistent for me, but I think um, it was still a really good issue. It, you know, we, why are you doing this? We are <laughs> like we're halfway through this event now, and it's that leaves me worried. Yeah. And there was uh, less action in this, um, and we got to, you know, it sort of stresses the importance of the tie-ins, which I think you know, even just from one Doctor Strange issue, was done so well in making this event so good um you know you call this broad stroke and then we get all the details and the tie-ins like almost the devils in the details hey. hey but i think the banter the just the fun i had with this even with its flaws almost like our most recent Bemis issue um just gives it you know a solid i'd say three out of five i think i did really still enjoy this yeah yeah um yeah um look up uh, yeah sorry connor i didn't want to cut you off there no, no, I'm yeah. done. I'm just dealing with a temperamental cat. Uh, yeah, no worries. I, I, yeah, funnily enough, again, I'd, I'd say three out of five uh, Chris and Darts for me, or three out of three out of five Man Things. Um, I think they were. I think this issue was 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 good. It was enjoyable, um, but yeah. And apart from you know seeing the them kind of form together, uh, it really didn't say much. Um, you know, rather than, uh, other than a couple of reveals of the Scarlet Spider and obviously Doctor Strange at the end. Um, so again, I'd like to reiterate what I said at the beginning. I think I think the tie-ins will really fill in the gaps, and you can see it in the last page as well, where it says um, to find out how Stephen became a Ghost Rider. Check out Doctor Strange three eighty seven. So you get a lot more information from the tie-ins, uh, which I think is a good thing because previously and some of the problems of, of tie-ins is that they can just be, you know connected for the sake of being connected to the event rather than actually adding something to it so i think the tie-ins in this this event is quite um are quite important so i think that's good but this issue in itself i think yeah would be about three so uh so there you go loonies um three out of five average all round um yeah worth checking out uh, up on and it look it's, it's a four-part um core event series so um yeah there's no reason why you can't just pick it up and, and give it a geese Okay, guys, I think um, we are running a bit tight on time. Um, I think, Tommy, as you mentioned, Scarlet Spider Spotlight, which we were going to do, we might have to leave that for the next episode, if that's cool. 
uh, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, and I know that uh, Connor might have a few more comments on Scarlet Spider too. Yeah. So, hey, next week, anytime. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. cool. Because yeah, rather than try to, I think try to really quickly fit it in. I think we we got to do them justice, uh, especially since you've mentioned how uh, and you've got me intrigued with him now. Just how how uh, complex a character he can potentially be. Um, yeah, yeah sure. so I look forward to that. Um, Connor, are you still around there? Yes. Uh, yes, uh, I have. Excellent. excellent. Um, I was wondering, what have we got in store next phase? Next phase, we are, um, just as uh, as we talk about, the number one Scarlet Spider, the 90s extraordinaire part of the event that killed Marvel and sent it into bankruptcy, is continuing it's a 2017 run with Scarlet Spider issue 15 that we will be covering as part of our um, take on the tie-ins for Doctor Strange and Damnation because there's no Moon Knight mm-hmm. ones. But um, as we can tell from this episode, I think we're a bit more excited to get cracking yeah. into that one than possibly we first thought. So yes, join us next week with uh, Rebecca, hopefully yes. with us. Um, we'll grab her thoughts on uh, Damnation overall as well as we do that. But yep. yeah. Doctor Strange 15 here next week in our little hands. Excellent, and and yes. uh, and Tommy as well. Uh, yeah, as, as mentioned, if you're if you're able, it'll be great to have you on board as well. Um, yeah, to, to talk about Scarlet Spider. So hopefully, um, and yeah, just want to shout out with the spectacle. Obviously, first and foremost, want to thank you, Tommy, so much for for coming on and uh, and giving us. Hey, my yeah, my pleasure. Great yeah, on. giving us your thoughts, and it's so cool to have a loony. Um, our second loony is a live guest on the show, uh, and it's, it's really insightful to um, you know to, to pick your brain about you know how you came across Moon Knight as well as your thoughts on Damnation. So thank you very much. Um, we yours, and of course the um, no, uh, you know no edits, one take recording of the bare bones as well. Live yeah. was uh stellar fantastic yeah all in one go so that was that was really well done yeah Yeah. we'll see how it turns out in post but my pleasure fantastic um yeah please welcome anytime um also as well uh spectacle have to shout out we are all part of a, a, a bigger podcast crossover so the next damnation crossover will be featured in the defenders tv podcast again we'll be bouncing back to them and they'll be reviewing doctor strange issue 387 so um that should be a good one if 386 was any indication 387 should be pretty damn good uh also as well um please be sure to keep your eyes on sons of the dragon the immortal iron fist podcast uh, as well as the, the Defenders TV podcast, but also the Inner Demons, a Ghostwriter podcast. They are coming. They are just around the corner. They will be um, they'll be reviewing Damnation number three when that comes out. But also Johnny Blaze, the uh, the one shot of Ghostwriter um, tie-in for this uh, event. Uh, we'll also be just posting up in our show notes the the links to um, the Sons of the Dragon. Damnation Crossover Part 1 and Defenders TV Podcast Part 2 in case you have not listened to them um, as part of this as part of this crossover. Uh, so yes, thanks one and all uh, once again for this awesome episode. Uh, before we go, Connor, um, as our outro, uh, when where can loonies and uh, you know prospective loonies find us? Uh, we are all located in one very nice place at Into the Night. 
uh, podcast.wordpress.com. All our updates, post episodes, connections with the collective are all there. Get us in, uh, you know, we have all our links for social media there. Um, we are on Facebook at I believe facebook.com slash ITK Moon Knight. We have a fantastic group where you can meet Tommy and many lovely loonies alike there at facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. We're at Twitter. Um, very active there. Thanks to Ray at IT, at ITK Moon Knight. Uh, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. We should be on all good podcast catches. Um, we are now being held on the Great Side Libsyn, which has been a uh, wonderful help in getting our episodes out there. Um, and just search Into the Night, uh, a Mo- Moon Knight podcast, and you will find us. Yes. Yes, another episode in the bag as I put my comic of damnation back in its bag. <laughs> um, uh, Tommy, uh, what time is it over there? Uh, it's time to get that Max Bemis interview. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'll be up for it. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yep, yep, uh, yeah. Come on, Max. <laughs> we hear you. That's it. If Max, we know you're listening. If Max is listening, uh, I'd be happy to talk yep. to you. I'm American. Yeah, yeah there, there we go. We have a connection with Max Bemis. We know an American. So, <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are listening or Jason Burrows, um, more than happy to have you guys on and, uh, yeah, pick your brains. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, thanks once yeah. again, Tommy. Uh, and I guess that will wrap up this issue, uh, not issue, episode 32. So, as always, um, sorry, Connor, I'll throw it to you again. What do we say? <laughs> May country watch over the denizens of the night. Goodbye. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.